Hi, everybody. Welcome to Canonically Dead, the podcast. I am one of your hosts, Allie. And I'm your other host, Celeste. And this week, we are going to be starting off the series and the podcast with a list of our favorite characters from history and from media that are canonically dead, hence the name of the podcast. Yes, these are our person. These are just our opinions, our personal ones. You can agree, disagree with our opinions on these people, um, but they are just our opinions and just a fair warning. Um, if this sounds more sophisticated than the next episode that goes up, it's because we're recording the first episode after the second episode because we've recorded this already and it's an audio mess that I can't edit through. So if anyone yeah, wants to. If anyone wants to be our editor, it's a free, like, well, I'll give you, like, a dollar each week. <laughs> yeah, we'll and pay you in love or something cheesy like that. We'll give that. you something, but, um, yeah, this is Canonically Jed, the podcast. Obviously, this is your first time listening, because this is the first episode named after us sharing a love for Canonically Dead characters. Um, we've been friends for, like, five years. We met on the internet. Um, it's not the smartest thing we've ever done but um neither of us turned out to be serial killers so it worked out yeah um ellie and i've been friends over the internet we were gonna meet in person this year and then covid uh fucked that up for us so we're doing a podcast instead and basically this is just a place for us to talk about whatever we want uh whether we know a whole lot about it or not so get ready for a lot of hot takes uh, that you may or may not share and I don't know, just have a good time hanging out with us while we're talking about whatever we want to talk about. Yeah, there is no visual component. Um, maybe we'll make a Patreon and we'll make a visual component with, like, feet pics later um, <laughs> if people want that. Um, but, yeah, we may call, um, we interrupt each other a lot. So if you hate that, click off the podcast now. Um, yeah, and if you disagree with us, whatever. Um, just be nice. The We're right. You're wrong. <laughs> oh, I can't okay. read the rest of the quote. <laughs> I think it's just shut up is the rest of the quote. Oh, yeah. I'm right. Um, You're wrong. Shut up. That is copywritten, I think, by the track guys. But, like, we're going to steal it, so it's fine. We're not making money anyway, so. Nope, we're cool. not, unless you want to follow us on Patreon. Also, men, if you're listening, you have to legally Venmo us money. So, <laughs> I guess we'll make money off of that. Um, yeah, this is, like, a feminist podcast at its heart um so men if you don't like that get off um and also and women that aren't feminists get off as well that too or, or if you're just like something. not a feminist at all just like click off the podcast i hate you i majored in women's <laughs> studies i hate you <laughs> um but yeah we're just two gals talking about things to each other but now we're also screaming loudly into the void and hoping the void <laughs> screams back at us <laughs> Void, if you're free, DM me. Uh. But yes, um, so to start off this podcast, we're going to talk about canonically dead characters, but if you listen to our intro, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff throughout. So if this is not your jam, don't worry, we have jams for you later on, and hopefully, like Celeste mentioned, in a year, we'll be able to christen this podcast um, by me visiting her in Florida for Halloween Horror Nights. Also, happy Halloween belated everyone i hope none of you went outside yeah we're filming this 
filming this filming November over 1st. Zoom. <laughs> over, over Zoom. Over Zoom. So I hope none of you started. went outside for Halloween. And if you did, I hope you pelted children with candy from a distance. <laughs> I want, she you doesn't can't... mean that. Yes, I do. <laughs> Yes, I do. Um, you can't get close to them. So I watched kids get, I left candy out and then watched from my window and like waved. <laughs> so, yep, yep, yep. That was exactly how I felt. But Holly, did you, you know, dress up as anything for Halloween? Did I? Um, well, I wore, I had to do errands on Halloween. So I wore my Camp Crystal Lake counselor t shirt and hat. Woo! Even though I don't like that movie, I think the aesthetic is neat. <laughs> Oops. Um, and then when I got home, I changed into my dad has like a skeleton thing, like a skeleton uniform that he rent. Like my dad's like a mountain biker, guys. It's he's a man of wonder um, and many complexities. Um, but he's a mountain biker, so he has like a mountain biking gear that's like all skeletony. So I just stole that from him and wore it around the house. I love that. You should have sent me a picture. No, I didn't. I was booty all night. (laughs) I know she just kept messaging me, and I was—I had a friend over, so I wasn't paying attention. No, I was I was like messaging you. I was like, I know you got to respond, but I'm so moody. (laughs) She's like, I hope you're having fun at your Halloween party because I'm having a terrible time. (laughs) (laughs) I was earnestly hoping you were having a good time. But I was just not having a good time. I, I um, did have a good time. I'm sorry that you didn't. But you know what? Sometimes Halloween just has to suck so that we can appreciate the rest of the spooky season. That's kind of how I look at it. Because usually okay. my Halloween is pretty terrible. This was like the first year where it was like, all right, first year in about five years. But I don't know. I didn't go out and do anything crazy. I don't want you guys to think that I'm like some like COVID naysayer. Like we, it was just me and one other friend and he lives in my area. And, um, you know, we hung out and watched movies. We actually went to Target with our masks, and we ran into this little girl dressed, and then she sprinted after us so that she could beg us to ask to take a picture, and my friend was dressed in this fucking dragon onesie that was, like, fluffy, and it had little wings, and he had little crocs with claws on them, which I didn't even know they made those, and his mask matched the whole dragon thing, and I was just as a vampire uh, like a recently bitten vampire so I was like covered in blood and I was like I cannot believe I'm standing next to this adorable Snow White in the middle of Target getting my picture taken but that's you know adorable what? that's just what the vibes be like right so I sent her so many pictures it was and I, got, I was about to say I got a blow by blow of <laughs> the making of um, as it was happening but yes hopefully next year our Halloween will be this year was like a prime Halloween too I'm a little bummed about that it yeah. was like Full an moon. extra Daylight was, Savings. Yeah. John Mulaney was on SNL. John Mulaney, <laughs> SNL, yeah. They just but there's a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it was on a Saturday. It was like a really good day for it, too. Um, oh, well. We'll survive. It'll be fine. Halloween is still there for us in spirits. In spirit Halloween spirits. as well until they take those down. But um. <laughs> until, No, spirit Halloween doesn't get taken down. Spirit Halloween moves in. It moves in to wherever. <laughs> it, it's all, it moves into a bed. Your gets exercised at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So speaking of spirits, um, let's talk about some dead people. Um, Woo! So why don't you uh, kick us off with your uh, 
original um my idea for the podcast was to name it after two women in fiction that we both loved i think i like texted you and i was like what woman in like what woman in fiction is like dead and feel you feel has been wronged most of all and i wanted to name it after them but Celeste said it was too long so it is too might, long whatever it's cute when all of our when we have a billion listeners and they come back to this episode they're gonna be like you should have named it that they're not but it's whatever um so why don't you tell us about your fictional lady i would love to start us off so the fictional lady where i believe that she has been wronged um in fiction and she's canonically dead is the bride of frankenstein from the movie bride of frankenstein 19 19- 30 something. Let me look this up real quick just so I'm not talking out of my ass. Bride of Frankenstein. Let's see. Professional podcast. We are such professional. 1935. I was pretty close. Um, so 1935, Bride of Frankenstein. Um, and I don't know. I love that movie. It's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, you know, if you ever want to check it out, because it is one of those hallmarks of horror, um, which is just such a great movie to look at kind of how to expand the Frankenstein plotline from the original and James Whale is an incredible director and just such a smart guy in terms of how he uh, kind of made horror into something that's really interesting for the audience at the time um, but I don't know the it pisses me off because the movie is named Bride of Frankenstein and we don't even get to see the character until the last like three minutes of the movie where she's brought to life and then immediately crushed to death um, by the Frankenstein castle and, you know, Victor Frankenstein gets away and everybody else dies. And so, I don't know, I thought it was pretty shitty, um, especially since she's become a horror icon since then. I mean, uh, just look at all of the new Universal Monsters merchandise that they have at the theme parks. I mean, she is at the forefront of that. She's got her own t-shirts and her own merch now. And so, I don't know, it's just really disappointing that she's become so iconic and she doesn't even really have her own movie or her own media that is devoted to her yet. So she, in my personal opinion, has been completely wrong. And I know they're talking about doing more uh, universal new horror with the monsters. Uh, I'm excited because, I mean, Invisible Man kicked my ass and like sent me to Mars. It was so fucking good. Shout out to my Twitter mutual, Lee Winnell. <laughs> She's going to say that you, every episode. Yeah, guys, if you didn't know so far, Lee Winnell and I are mutuals on Twitter. He followed me back once because I said I need a fan club for him, so he followed me back on Twitter. Um, <laughs> that is both my and his highest accomplishment in life. Following so, each other on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, so from that, no, him following me was like my greatest accomplishment, but also his. Um, I've never posted anything of worth to that Twitter, so it's whatever. But... Um, <laughs> So yeah, whenever I refer to you, no, I have to refer to him as my Twitter control, so be ready for that mouthful. Um, <laughs> he can do all the rest of them, if you ask me. So maybe he'll give justice to your lady. I sure fucking hope so, because she is so cool. Her design kicks my ass. I love how awesome she looks and so iconic. So I don't know, she could use a good movie, uh, Lee Winnell. Not that you're listening, but, um, you know, feel free to go for it if you'd like. Um, I heard Elizabeth Banks maybe was doing, was it Elizabeth Banks doing Bride of Frankenstein or Invisible Woman? Um, Elizabeth Moss remember. is no, doing. No, no, no. No, Elizabeth Banks was talking about, like, directing one of the. I think that's Elizabeth Moss. We're going to look this up live debate. I, I think thought it's... it was Elizabeth Banks. I think you're getting the Elizabeths confused in Hollywood. I'm not. I know exactly who both of them are. <laughs> 
Invisible Woman. Elizabeth Banks to star in direct Universal Horror Invisible Woman. Fuck. Oh. Is Elizabeth Moss going to also be in Invisible Woman then? I don't know. IGK. That'd be cool. Get both the of Elizabeth the in there. Yeah. Yeah, the Elizabeth Cinematic Universe. I'm game for it. But yeah. That's, yeah. I like that. I actually like a woman director. I think that's sexy. And she's directed stuff before and she's awesome. She was like producers for the. Uh, the Pitch Perfect series, which like people and Charlie's can, Angels and Charlie's Angels, people can pitch, you know, like bitch up, bitch about Pitch Perfect, but I think they're fun and I had a good time in every single so was, one of them. So and so and Charlie's, Charlie's Angels. Angels was amazing and people bitched on that too, but I think they just don't like women having fun, so um fuck them. But anyway, that that's my woman who was wronged in horror that is canonically dead. Uh, can you that's your woman who I have no idea who it is, even though we are pre-recording. Um, re-recording after fucking up the first time that we did it that was yeah rips all of our (laughs) jokes that you lost in that one um my um woman who was wrong in fiction is ophelia from hamlet uh written by willie shakes um i'm so sorry for that um william shakespeare i read hamlet when i was a junior or senior in high school for high school English, obviously everybody reads Shakespeare at that time. And from the, I think the reading of her kind of when she descends into madness, I was kind of like, oh yeah. Like it's like the good for her cinematic universe where it's like, yeah, good for her like snapping or like good for her for like killing the man. Like she deserves it. And I was like, yeah, like good for her. Like her dad is dead. Um, your boyfriend is the worst. He's just all over the place. Um, and I just think that she deserved better. I mean, William Shakespeare was kind of given women more than they were getting at the time of recognition and representation. But Ophelia kind of has an ending where it's, oh, I'm lamenting over a man. I'm, I'm lamenting over my dad's death. I'm lamenting over my boyfriend being flaky. And I guess I'll just die, which is like, I get it, but girl, there's so much more in this life than men. And um, I just really, I love her. Um, I love the name. I was, I'm never having children, but I always said if I did, I would name my daughter Ophelia because I just think it's the prettiest name. Um, I think everyone should stream Ophelia 2018, directed by Claire McCarthy and featuring Daisy Ridley. Um, it is the most feminist take on her story that I've seen and it is so good. I watched it a bajillion times. Um, Daisy Ridley, call me if you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> you're beautiful. And um, I don't know, I just, I've always loved Ophelia. My Discord name is Ophelia Ho or something like that. I think it's, hmm, it might be. It is Ophelia. Is it? I I always thought that she should make it Ho Ophelia because that would be like. It's not as funny. I think it's funnier than Ophelia Ho personally, but. I'll make a Twitter poll. It's not that funny. (laughs) It's funny. You don't have enough followers to make a Twitter poll that does anything. It's (laughs) even else not going to chip in. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he will. One time he liked a tweet that I had made about him without tagging him, just like on his timeline. It was, I almost crashed my car when I got the notification. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I have to die now. It's like, hello, 911. Yeah, but he will vote and he will vote in my favor. I don't think so. I don't think it's going to vote at all. But yeah, I mean, on that train, um, like, I 
love Ophelia and I I mean I'm a Shakespeare ho um so I'm probably the wrong person to be talking about this because I could talk about it for like 20 years but yeah the way she was treated was fucking terrible and um the way that she's minimized in um kind of modern adaptations and depictions is pretty shitty so even though I have seen um Ophelia 2018 um and I I liked a lot of it and there's a lot of it where I was kind of like this is a little messy um in terms of not really like adhering to the you know plot of the original which like you don't have no (laughs) yeah not at all but it's like it's cathartic and it's yes for sure yeah, yeah, it, it's a good time um, if you don't, like, think about it too hard. And, like, so a lot of times you really need movies like that. So, um, you know, like, tits out for Ophelia, we love that. Um, <laughs> one, of the, one of the characters I had on my uh, list of canonically dead people where I was upset about it was actually also Hamlet um, from Hamlet, the Prince of, uh, or what is it, Hamlet? Hamlet. Prince of Denmark. Prince of Denmark. I did, no, it's the tragedy of Hamlet, Prince of Denmark. That's the whole title specific um and I don't know like I said I'm Shakespeare how I could talk about this forever um I just think that this tragedy is one that really gets me um basically every adaptation of it kind of like really hits me somewhere where it hurts because he's just trying so hard to balance so many things and you know all of it ends up blowing up in his face and um I don't know I have just always had a soft spot for Hamlet I think he's one of the most evocative characters in fiction, um, in like classical English literature. Um, and yeah, I could, I could hear about that bitch all day. I, I think Cam was pretty neat, <laughs> being honest. I think, I just think he's neat. I just think he's neat. <laughs> that little meme. Um, personally, I think the story would have improved if Ophelia had drowned Hamlet, but like, it's whatever. Um, I disagree, but. I know you do. To each their but... own. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Um, that unfortunately leaves me without a segue, um, <laughs> but I'm just going to do it anyway. Um, so when Celeste and I made these, um, concept in our head, um, immediately her first question was, um, like define dead. And I was like, okay, well like dead, like they're dead. And Celeste was like, can they come back to life? Like they have previously been dead and we'll get into it why she asked that later um (laughs) because i strongly disagree but then once um the established rules of they have to be dead right now were blown out the window um i decided that i could edit my list a little bit to reflect that yeah and i do just want to say that i only have one instance of people where they were dead and then came back and that is my only like that's my only breaking of the rule she had a whole bunch of them no you you had more you had more You've got somebody that's not dead yet. And yeah, that's what I'm about to talk about. I promise that he's going to die. That's what I'm about to talk about. And I know he I, will. No, you had a whole bunch of them. Um, My wife, too, like, at most. There's an exception to the canonically dead rule, and I only had that no, one. Maybe I have three, so. lol. Yeah, maybe see, I have three. I told you. So, so <laughs> Guys, I can't tell. Breaking news. She was throwing a whole fit about it. <laughs> she was throwing a whole fit about it, and she's the one that has more than I do. So yeah, saying, because I threw a fit, but then... Oh no, I just lost a headphone. Um, I threw a fit and then um but then you were not relenting, so I just decided I guess I'll just go with it. Like I wasn't gonna argue. So she just I was went with like so many of them and yeah, I literally so have I, one, so thanks. Whatever. Just it's wanted fine. to put um, that out there. <laughs> okay. 
Um, speaking of, um, we are gonna I'm gonna talk about my friend Alden from The Walking Dead. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Um, so little origin story. When I was like in eighth grade at a sleepover party, we watched this terrible sci-fi movie called Lion Number Four. And there was this. It's very, not that bad. It's like a B movie. Um, but it's like it was like good when I saw it, but it's not like the best movie. It's I got a terrible, I think, Rotten Tomato score. But um, <laughs> um, and there was this short little skinny kid, and I was like, I'm gonna marry that short little skinny kid. And then, <laughs> um, and then I um. If you are a fan of the movie, I think you'll know who I'm talking about. It's not Alex Pettifer, um, spoiler alert. Um, but um, my dad and I have always watched The Walking Dead since its origin, which was like 10 years ago yesterday. Congrats to them. Can't wait for the show to die. It's I hate that you just knew that. <laughs> um, no, they posted something about it that I saw. That's how I knew that. Um, but I can't wait for the show to be over. It's almost over. But in speaking of that, my dad and I have been watching it for so long together. It's really terrible. It's really quite, it's like awful. <laughs> but about three years ago, um, I was in my dorm in college in my like little apartment building. And lo and behold, the skinny boy, the small skinny boy from I am number four, the love of my, like I would say like my adolescent life, my like teen life, um, Callum McAuliffe, who also is my Twitter mutual, but we don't speak, um, um, is, uh, he's on The Walking Dead now, um, he's been on it for two seasons, um, he's been in some terrible risky situations, and he is, he's a dad now on The Walking Dead, um, which is thrilling for me, it's just the best content every week if he's on the show, um, he's a very minor character, he's, like, not really on the show, but I love him, um, he really gave me a reason to watch the show when it was doing badly, which I thank him for because I would have just been miserable. Um, I love him a lot. I'll be very sad if he dies. And considering it's the final season coming up and he's like a very unliked, like fandom kind of character, like everybody hates him except for me on the internet. I am the one. There's like two fans. It's like Alden Seven and me like on a forum just like posting about him. Um. So when he preemptively dies, I will be so sad, and Celeste will have to block me. <laughs> She's not going to shut up about how sad From her she phone, is. because I'm going to be so sad. And um, if he doesn't die, then I'll eat my words. I'll be happy. I'll gladly eat my words. But until then, rest in peace to my son on the walk. I love you so much. She's so been much. talking about how he's going to die for literally the last year and a half. Every hey, we've had some good scares. Every time an episode would come on, I would just see every her time. on Tumblr, which basically every time. It's sorry that we're He's not in Tumblr enough host. episodes. He's only in like five episodes a season. You can't. You can't say every time. That's a lie. I'm going to say every time, no matter what. Anyway, for every time that I would see a Walking Dead post, it would be her on Tumblr crying about how he's going to die. So, I don't know. I've just been like mentally preparing for this bitch to die for you know, since like 2017 and he <laughs> yet. So I am just highly doubtful that he's going to die um, <laughs> coming but up. He might. Enough. But, <laughs> but um, he might. That, it leads us into my characters that are breaking the rules of being canonically dead. So in my interpretation of this prompt of characters, you know, that are, are canonically dead, I also interpreted it as meaning characters that have been canonically dead. And that led me to looking at Bill and Ted from the Bill and Ted series. Now, um, you know, a couple months ago, I probably would not have, like, 
spared Bill and Ted a second thought. Uh, it was a movie that I grew up with. I was like, oh, this is funny. That's cool. Um, but then the third movie came out and I just, I don't know, something clicked in my brain. And it was like, okay, this is the only thing that you were going to watch for in, <laughs> for the next like seven weeks. And I was like, oh, cool. Um, so I've big, become like a huge Bill and Ted stan. Um, and technically in the second and third movies, Bill and Ted do die and they canonically go to hell. And in the second movie, they actually go to heaven as well. Allie's doing Bill like and Ted has met God. March. Bill and Ted have met God and the devil and death. <laughs> <laughs> like they, your fave could never. Um, <laughs> anyway, <Bad> so, <laughs> so, you know, thinking of that, I was like, holy shit. Bill and Ted have been canonically dead. So that's why I put them on this list because this is a list of your favorite characters or characters that are significant to you in some way that have been or are canonically dead. So those are the only two on my list that are going to break the rule of being currently canonically dead. Whereas Allie over here has like seven of them. Okay. She's got like it's three. three. It's three. It's <laughs> three that break the rules. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Bill and Ted have just been such a fun um, fandom to kind of come back into, especially during quarantine and during the pandemic, because it's just so chill and easygoing and just fucking goofy, like just having a good time watching those movies. They're so stupid. They are a product of their times and they are problematic in some ways, of course. I mean, everything from the 80s and 90s is going to have something where you're like, oh, hey, that's not cool. We would not do that these days. But I mean, in general, Bill and Ted, are just something fun and stupid that you can go to and enjoy and partake in. And, you know, if you haven't seen the third movie yet, please go stream it. I know, um, like, Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves, like, had such a good time on it. And it's just so fun getting to see them. And uh, Bridget Lundy Payne and Tamara Weaving do an incredible job as their kids. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Bill and Dad mean a lot to me. It's fun. We're having a good time. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. So, those are my two that break the rule of not being currently canonically dead. Do love Keanu Reeves in this house. We stand Keanu Reeves so hard, it's embarrassing. And we crazy. had like a half an hour conversation about Keanu Reeves before this, and we started <laughs> recording. We were just like, oh, have you seen Keanu Reeves' new haircut? It's terrible. And then we just talked about his filmography for like 20 minutes. Um, we love we're going Keanu to Reeves. have a Keanu Reeves episode. Oh, someday. absolutely. Kim Reeves, I don't think he knows how to use a phone, but I hope that he listens anyway. <laughs> we actually had a discussion on Discord about um, tier listing the the <laughs> Keanu Reeves characters by fuckability. So uh, that's great. Please never listen to this Keanu Reeves. Um, oh, I sorry, I take it back. <laughs> um, we respect you and your girlfriend. We think she's lovely. Um, oh my god, I would date your girlfriend. She's so hot. Yeah, she's so. <laughs> you guys are a pair, honestly. Um. But yes, please love don't listen both. to this. Um, but we love you. Um, we, <laughs> we send you all the good vibes. Yes. <laughs> um, so speaking of um, kind of Bill and Ted have kind of become, I would say, comfort characters almost for you in a sense. Um, and speaking of comfort characters um, that I have developed over quarantine, um, mm. I have uh, Nikki from The Old Guard. Um, he's kind of a pair. Um, with his boyfriend, because we gay rights in this household. <laughs> but um, yes, Nikki from the old guard. Um, Celeste, do you want to um, tell the listeners how you um, differentiate him from the rest of them? Um, he's the white one, right? 
<laughs> yeah. Um, she's trying to set this up because I had a really good part um, in the first time that we recorded. I know that last time when we recorded this, I was like, oh, Nikki from the Old Guard and Celeste without missing a beat went, is he the white one? <laughs> yes, he is. Um, and he's dating an equally beautiful man, but who is a, a man of color. Um, but Not a white one. No, he's not. But Nikki sure is. And the only reason I think I really clung to him was you'll also learn very quickly within this podcast. Um, Celeste and I were both raised as Catholics, but um, I was like indoctrinated. Um, if Catholicism is a cult, I was like in deep um, Catholic school my whole life. Um, whereas in Celeste was just kind of like raised with it. But, like my parents are very religious. Like, um, we like we like have put pictures of like Pope Francis hanging up in our house like <laughs> um I'm not anymore um but anytime there's ever a question I will be the consultant because I do know um but um Nikki's kind of backstory was basically that he is um a gay like once Catholic um there's like something else and I can't remember what it is but like me being like also like a gay like once Catholic I was like oh he's also Italian which I am but like I don't really identify with that that's just like where he was born um the actor but um I identify uh, with being Italian yeah um but like that kind of thing of like a gay once Catholic Italian like I was like oh yeah that's me like it was like that Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other and I was like that's me (laughs) um so I really kind of latched on to that um I also think it's great to have um gay representation in a story where it's not their whole storyline and um that I think it's really powerful that the trope of barrier gaze is so is your dehumidifier going off <laughs> I am deep in a conversation about how I am so passionate about gay people and like gay rights and your humidifier is homophobic <laughs> I live in Florida it's humid what do you want from me um, no, I was saying that um, I think barrier gaze is such a big trope in our media today, especially oh, yeah. when they're highlighting like a romance between two men or two women or like by a couple, whatever. And I think it's really powerful that this movie was like, I see that, so I'm going to make them immortal so they can actually never die. Um, so barrier gaze like just literally can't apply. Um, I recommend watching The Old Guard if you feel like it even if you don't identify as a gay once catholic italian like me <laughs> there's a lesbian couple there's a gay couple at the forefront of the movie um Charlize Theron is so hot um it's so good um I recommend it and now I've been rambling for far too long because of your dehumidifier so please I beg you let give my vocal cords a rest <laughs> okay your next bad boy <laughs> or girl or girl um let's see Shall or whoever I- the next one I'm going to do is kind of sad. Um, so, I mean, Ellie and I have discussed briefly on here that we are Keanu Reeves Sims. Um, oh, I love this one. <laughs> so that with knowledge. I, like, know what's coming. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, I love this one. Like, like we've said before, this is the second time we're recording this, like, specific podcast. So we know what we're going to say. We're just doing it out of order to, like, give us a little bit of surprise. But, yeah, Ellie and I are Keanu Reeves Sims. Um, we love the guy. We have watched so many of his movies not all of them because we're not there yet we're not at like a hundred percent simplitude we'll get there um hundred (laughs) percent simplitude simplitude i don't know help let's coin it i don't know let's make it a thing 
Um, but this is that's going our first to be- merch. That's our we're gonna get dad hats as a substitute on them. 100% sympathy. Um, <laughs> this is from the Keanu Reeves movie 2014's John Wick. Um, we fucking love that movie. Um, and John Wick series. hit me up. John Wick, please call us. Uh, we are available and not in your time, but we could be. <laughs> we could, yeah, we, we, we can be there. We can be there, John Wick. But specifically, I am talking about the characters Helen and Daisy Wick, who are John Wick's wife and then little beagle puppy that uh, we don't, well, we, no, we do actually see Helen die on screen and we see Daisy die on screen. Um, no, no which, Daisy is in, like implied. He holds the dead dog's body. Okay, yes. Okay, also I want to say, so. yeah, this is a warning. Um, if you don't like movies that where animals die or, like, suffer or, like, you don't like animals dying, you can just, like, hit the fast forward button. Also, we've been giving major spoilers and we haven't given a warning, so here's your warning now oh, if you haven't caught along. On. But, um... Spoilers, yeah. I mean, like, unless we're saying at the beginning of the podcast, like, spoiler alert for Whatever, you. they like, know now. I, know. I just realized, stuff- but... Like, all of the stuff we've been talking about has been out for at least two months, or in some true. cases, like, 500 years. <laughs> so, I think we're okay in terms of not giving spoiler alerts. Um, yes, if but, you don't like animal death, you can just fast forward. That's okay. It's This is pretty rough. Um, it is. But yes, true. continue. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, like, go through the entire, like, plot point of John Wick one. Um, but just the fact that um, the brief moments that we do get to see with John Wick and with Daisy Wick um, and John and Helen and da- John and Daisy are so impactful. Um, and this speaks to some great, you know, filmmaking, um, how like, they could be on screen for such a short amount of time. But we completely understand the characters' motivations in terms of avenging them or, um, you know, the grief that John Wick gets to feel throughout the series. Um, so I don't know. I, I just think that they're such important characters because even though we only see them on screen alive in John Wick 1, their legacy and their impact carries throughout the entire trilogy. So even when you're in John Wick 3, you feel things for these characters that you only briefly saw um, and that you only a lot of times get to see in flashbacks in terms of Helen or um, in kind of the, the parallel relationship of John Wick and his new dog. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've always got a soft spot for animal deaths. So this one really hurt. I actually cried the very first time I saw John Wick 1 all the way through because I was like, holy shit. Like I knew it was coming, but holy shit, just how brutal it was. And just after how he lost everything, you know, his wife dies and then these assholes come in and take the one good thing that was in his life. So yeah, I don't know. Um, John Wick is so valid, and I too would like so valid. (laughs) I too would go and murder a bunch of people if they ever hurt my cat or my dog. So um, yeah, I just I get him like implicitly, and I love love John Wick. What good movies! We love John Wick. Watch those movies forever. Um, But I will round out then, um, kind of my dead but not totally. dead kind of on the list um i put this is we're gonna talk a lot on these podcasts in general we're probably gonna have a whole episode dedicated to kind of marvel and superheroes and like cinema that kind of thing um and we're gonna spoiler alert for later we are gonna talk some major um crap about probably one of your faves if (laughs) you like marvel but um i preemptively put um 
Peter Parker and Wanda Maximoff in Infinity War at the end, um, just because when I was in that time in college, it was a really rough time for me when Infinity War came out. Um, and I remember I was so mad because I, <laughs> this will get into a later conversation, but like the thought of Peter Parker dying as a child and being so like guilty and like using his last breaths to like apologize of like, I'm sorry, like, I didn't do enough. First of all, you are he's a child, Marvel, first of all. He's, like, 15. Like, you could relax. And that just kind of made me so mad of, like, I can't believe, like, like, I can't believe you've done this. Like, insert my Vine voice here. Like, I can't believe you've done this. Um, Wanda really got to me because I remember going to see Civil War in theaters, and, like, I know that Elizabeth Olsen is very much the whitewashed version of her, and, like, that needs to be corrected immediately. Um, but, um, I really identified with her kind of feeling like an outsider, kind of feeling like responsible for things that aren't necessarily your fault. And kind of some of the things that she said about controlling her fears and how people perceive her and feeling kind of not like herself, but knowing that she is still her was really helping me. I was going through like a lot at that time with my mental health and my identity. So she really connected to me to sort of to like see her just kind of like politely like fade off into dust. I was like, this is not great like okay also once maximoff is the strongest avenger so i just there's no also don't send me tweets or anything being like she's not she is if you're listening to this and you disagree with me don't block me on social media then we haven't even um given our twitters yet but they will (laughs) and then they'll find it and then they'll be like actually like iron man is the strongest avenger and guess what i don't care he's dead sorry and we'll get into that later. We'll get into a bunch of that stuff later. But um, Wanda Maximoff is the strongest Avenger, and I'm glad she's back. And stream Wanda Avenger when it comes out. Send tweet. Tell me your next person. I'm feeling fired up. Tell me your next person. I know she's really like getting assertive now. Um, okay, well I'm gonna go into another animal death uh, because it really hit me, and this is from- <laughs> all right. <laughs> if you don't like animal deaths, I guess keep fast forwarding. <laughs> Sorry for two animal deaths in a row. Oops. I'm just, I'm in my feels right now, guys, and I won't apologize for that. I actually um, have but, no idea what this one is. Um, you're going to remember it. So this okay. is from the, let's look up, I should have looked up all of the movie years because I love saying. I've not given a single movie year. <laughs> yes, we did. I gave the Bride of Christ I haven't. I gave John Wick's movie year. I, I know, that was really years. impressive. <laughs> Yeah, that one I just pulled off the top of my head. I actually know that one. But this is from the 2018 movie Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And now Allie remembers. Funniest joke. (laughs) Funniest joke I made. Now Allie remembers what I'm talking about. But this was. I feel like animals, dinosaurs are not animals because they're a whole different, like, glorious subspecies. No, dinosaurs are animals. I'm a biology. I have a degree in biology. Dinosaurs are animals. Okay. I, I agree. I'm saying, but when you said animal, I thought it was going to be like a cat or something. That's why. No, I it's got not it. like a domesticated got it, got animal. Got it, got it. Got it. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Anyway, we are talking. Tell me about, about your dinosaur. I will tell me. I will tell you about. <laughs> I will tell me. <laughs> Sorry, I've been drinking. I drink on every single podcast. Um, Woo! Drinking. If you don't like it, I don't care. I'm 24. I do what I want. Um, this is how I'm coping. Thank you. Anyway, um, that was. Our great. next podcast oh. is going to be about <laughs> alcoholism. <laughs> And I'll be the expert speaker talking on it. Kidding. Um, I'm Celeste not an goes to guys. goes to church and then breaks in the back and drinks all of the communion wine. <laughs> I would. And I'm like, just, like be gay, do crime. You know. <laughs> anyway, okay. Off topic. We are talking about 
the stegosaur no no it's it's a brachiosaurus actually it's the brachiosaurus from jurassic world fallen kingdom um i had it wrong in my notes and then i remembered that i googled it earlier and the brachiosaurus from jurassic world fallen kingdom where they are on that scene um ila nublar is erupting with a volcano it is very dramatic and scary lava is everywhere fire is everywhere and then as the main characters what Why did they build on that island if they knew there was an active volcano? Maybe they didn't know there was an active okay. volcano. I thought that was a plot point that was important to that movie. I have seen only parts of that movie, and that's why I asked. I'm very sorry for interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a roll too. <laughs> it was a really, it was a really like a genuine question. Like I was really concerned. I was like, why would they build on an active volcano? I'm so sorry. I really was concerned wow. about that. Wow. I'm pretty sure. It was, okay. So. To be perfectly frank, I haven't watched the movie all the way through since 2018 when it came out. Um, so there could be stuff that I am missing or misremembering. Um, and I also but I haven't do, seen the film, so. And she hasn't even seen it, so that's cool. Um, I mean, you will see that's like a, a trend for us to talk about stuff that we haven't actually seen. This is um, what the whole podcast is about, guys. <laughs> the entire like podcast. This, over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> once you take a listen to um, episodes two and three where we tier list, um, spoiler alert, we're going to tier list some final girls. And, and it's there are a lot of, <laughs> it's there are a lot of movies <laughs> where we have not even seen that movie and we are still judging it. So that's fun. Um, but anyway, the scene where the main characters are getting away from the volcano or the fire or whatever natural disaster is occurring. Um, and we're on the boat and we are looking back towards Ilanuplar and we see on the beach the brachiosaur and it's getting engulfed in flames and you see it in pain physically before it is engulfed in smoke and then disappears from view. And the director, I'm mad because the first time we recorded this, I actually looked up the quote from the director about the scene and I didn't think to do that this time. But the director, who I believe is Trevorrow, Colin Trevorrow. No, just kidding, that was the first one. This is J.A. Bayona, okay. I can, like, do you want to meet, I can, like, rift for a few seconds if you want to look up the quote. <laughs> Let me look okay, up the quote. she's going to look up the quote. Okay, so, um, yeah, on that same vein of, like, it's really sad of these dinosaurs dying. Um, the quote from the director says that, according to J- director J.A. Bayona, this isn't just any old brachiosaurus. As he explained, that's the brachiosaurus that Alan Grant saw for the first time in Jurassic Park. I think it's a beautiful moment. It's sad, but it's beautiful, and it's so relevant. So, as we are watching this, this is the first dinosaur that we see in, well, I mean, technically in Jurassic Park, we're like implied to see the raptors because they do that whole thing where it's like they're doing the containment thing at the beginning. But this is the first dinosaur that we physically see in Jurassic Park 1996. And for it to be the first one that we see like graphically die of natural disaster in Fallen Kingdom, it, it's like an end of an era. It really hurts. And it's honestly, that's like the only time in that movie where I felt something <laughs> like period, um, because the rest of that movie is so forgettable and so formulaic that there's really nothing else that stands out except for that scene. So um, that was one, that's one of those deaths that as I'm in the theater, I'm sitting there crying while I'm watching it, which I cry at a lot of movies. So that's not saying a lot, but my mom saw it with me and my mom is a hard ass Virgo and she was also crying while she was watching that. And she doesn't give a shit about dinosaurs. So, you know, it really hits hard when she is actually showing emotions in a movie theater. Um, and anyway, that's one of those canonically dead characters. that's like not really human, but it still really got me when I watched it just because of what it represents. Sure. I, that I totally get. Um, speaking of animals, 
We're going to talk um, about Allie now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was good. No, that was good. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> I was about to make my own joke, so I'm just going to make it anyway. Um, I'm going to talk about this is arguably my dumbest um, one on the list, but um, I'm going to talk about Machine Gun Kelly and Bird Box. Um, Go on. Listen. <laughs> listen, Bird Box is inherently a bad film. I'm going to say that right now. Um, it's not worth watching. But um, uh, I think, okay, so like I have this principle that everyone gets like one very tall, like skinny, like sickly kind of looking man that they get to like be in love with and I mean Celeste disagrees with me because she thinks like all the men I like are like tall and sickly looking and that's like they are it's like a disease (laughs) it's a disease that she shares where she just loves all these gross looking white men (laughs) and every time she sends me stuff about them she's like oh my god look how cute they are I'm like I have to disagree because objectively they are not attractive and she continues to send me that for our entire relationship (laughs) Okay, listen, I do, I do admit, okay, like, some of them I think are, like, arguable, but, um, Michigan Kelly, I definitely know that, um, Celeste doesn't like, so I will send her every Instagram post he's ever made, um. I'm disgusted, I hate it. And, it's, I don't know what it is, I think it's just, I think it's, like, the, it's, like, that meme I sent you the one time where it's, like, the person crying, and it's, like, is it that blonde-haired person again, and it's, like, or it's, like, that white-haired person, and it's, it is for him, um, but, um, I was, like, really, I think, like, in my peak of, like, oh, I love him, like, kind of drive when I found out he was going to be in Bird Box, which was hilarious. Um, and I was really excited because um, I read the book, Bird Box, and the book was good. And um, his character, Felix, was in the book a bunch. So I was like, oh, he's going to be like a lead in this movie. That's great. Because in 2016, Nerve came out featuring Dave Franco and Emma Roberts. And my sister and I went to go see it in the movie theater. And my sister and I both agreed to leaving the movie theater. We had no idea that that was him in the movie theater. Machine Gun Kelly plays a major role in that film. He's like the third build lead or whatever. And we agreed that he was the best actor in that film. And we like could not stop talking about him. So I'm going to look him up right now. But he does like really well. And there's a really beautiful like climax scene. And he just like surprisingly well in it. And I was like, wow, like that's pretty good. Um, but I was really excited to see him in this movie. He's only in it for 15 minutes. Um, I am sick of the Netflix cinematic universe where he's only in a movie for the first 15 minutes and then is killed off. I'm sick of it, Netflix. I'm calling to complain. Um, what other movies is he in, in Netflix where he dies um, for 15 minutes? Project Power that came out this year. I literally have not heard a single word about that. I didn't either. I only knew about it because he was... Um, I sent you a video about him in it, actually, but of course you did not watch it. Um, I repressed it. <laughs> um, yeah, he's not in, um, he's only in it for, like, ten minutes. He becomes, like, a superhero, and he, like, combusts. <laughs> but he had, like, but it's also, like, it's such a bummer, though, because, too, because he was, like, talking about being in this movie in, like, 2018, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait, and I was, like, looking forward to it, and then he was only in it for, like, ten minutes, and I was like, this is annoying. And it's just, I think that he's going to be in a Cowboy Western movie, and he's the lead, which I can't wait a for. A Cowboy Western. It's a fever dream. I'm so excited. You don't even know. You don't even know. <laughs> um, but I just love him. Um, I just think he's like, he, he's a weird dude, but I wish him the best as a person. And so I just like, I was very sad. I remember watching Bird Box and being so mad. <laughs> When he just like he oh funny fun fact also with the Maze Runner he dates Brenda from the Maze Runner in this film. 
um, and he just dies in the first 15 minutes. And I was so mad because I was so looking forward to seeing his, like, arc from the book in the movie. And then they just, like, cut it out. And I was like, this is the most disappointing thing I have ever seen in my entire life. It's less distracts me one more time when I'm speaking. I am going <laughs> to murder her. So I'm going to pass it off to her now so she can't distract me anymore. Machine Gun Kelly. you were talking for a long time about You talked for a long time, life. too. Yeah, but I talk about cool stuff. No, you don't. You talked for, like, a long time about a dinosaur. So, anyway, moving on. Go ahead. Anyway. um, Gosh, I don't even... Oh, you've taken me by surprise. I don't even know which character I want to go over next. Um, You're so dramatic. <laughs> we are going to... <laughs> we are going to talk about um, a lady that um, I like a lot. And it's... Donna Sheridan from the Mamma Mia series. Um, specifically, Mamma Mia, here we go again, where it's confirmed that she is dead. Um, like This is a new addition to the list. I'm gasping. It? Oh, I thought, I thought I talked about it in the first time that we talked about it. No, I'm like gasping. <laughs> well, um, tell me everything. I will tell you everything. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Mamma Mia, here we go again, really knocks my damn socks off. Because the first time I watched the first Mamma Mia, I was not Grandma. impressed. <laughs> it knocked my damn socks It was the bee's knees. I, so I say that unironically. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, but the first Mamma Mia, I was not super impressed with. I was like, why is there such a no hubbub about this and then the second mama mia came out and it had <laughs> lily james in it and i lost that's my the hubbub <laughs> that is the hubbub was lily james and um i actually went to see mama mia in theaters you know the second one in theaters like multiple times i was working at a movie theater at the time so i could kind of sneak in and watch it whenever i wanted but i sat through that movie so many times because lily james is chef's kiss so fucking hot in that so the fact that we learned that she's dead in the second one kind of <laughs> like really threw me for a loop because um, you really get to know her as like a, a precocious 20 year old in the second one and she's you know got her whole life ahead of her and she's having sex with guys and being cool and gay on this like Greek island and you're like holy shit that's the life that I want uh, maybe not the sex with guys part but uh, I mean it depends. <laughs> Depends if they're like seventies, like John Wick. Keanu if it's Reeves, like Keanu like, Reeves, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe then. But um, I don't know. Just here we go happens. again. Here we go again. And I think the songs in the second one are better than the first one. I will die on that hill. Um, and yeah, Lily James just really knocked it out of the park for me. And so you know, having to come to terms with the fact that like she's dead in uh, you know her modern times, I was like, holy shit. Um, hello, nine one one. But anyway, yeah. So. Donna Sheridan from Mamma Mia. Um, call me from the afterlife, please. Hit me up. <laughs> That's all I got for you. Um, I was going to do in honor of your giving us a woman. Um, uh, I was, I'm going to do um, kind of a group kind of one. Not really a throwaway, but um, I just have a general one that is um, any woman who has ever died um, to further a man's plot line or to make a man um, emotionally angst um, or has been fridged for a man's story. Um, specifically, the first one that comes to mind is um, Celeste had a James Bond phase. Um, and I watched a James Bond film for her. I can't even tell you which one it was. It was um, Casino Royale from 2000. I don't think so. Was it? It was, yes, asshole. Come on. I do love a good casino film. Um, 
I know you do. That's you are right. Watched it. I didn't know if it was Quantum Solace. I felt like that was the one. No, that was um, terrible. I would never make anybody watch Quantum Solace. Um, but um, Quantum Disney Solace Royale is the shortest. Okay. No, Quantum Solace is the shortest James Bond film in the entire line of James Bond films. Like even going back to the fucking sixties, and it feels so also rich on Connery. I guess. Um, <laughs> Like, you were gonna be sad about that news. I almost texted you and like apologized. Yeah, it's gonna be like, I'm sorry for your loss. No, my friend did that yesterday too. He's like, Celeste, I have some bad news. And I was like, what? Like I thought something really bad happened. And then he was like, Sean Connery is dead. I was like, Oh yeah, I, I heard about that this morning. News. I was like, Yeah, I know. Like, okay, come on. Like he was a white guy that lived with privilege just, for his entire absolutely. life. Absolutely. I was just saying I felt bad that like, did people die sometimes, I guess. But like, I just, like, because you were a James Bond fan, I felt like I should extend my apologies that, like, <laughs> you would Thank you for feeling bad. But, yeah, I'm not but, really broken up about Sean Connery. Anyway, we're talking about men, but we should be talking about women. Um, but speaking of in Casino Royale, um, James Bond's, like, Bond girl. Vesper um, Lind, played by Eva Green. Thank you. I would not have known that. Um unfortunately i that's not because i don't care about women that's just because i don't care about the james bond cinematic universe i'm so sorry um but um she like essentially dies in this so that <laughs> james bond <laughs> no she does and like she dies just so like james bond can be like moody for the end of the film and i was like that's dumb like there was no reason for that and i just think like a lot of times women get fridged or will just die off so that like a man can be like oh this is my man angst like this is like they killed my wife so now i have not to be like john wick but <laughs> i mean like for real it is kind of like that though Essentially, well like they don't like kill her wife like she just kind of dies well I of mean, natural causes no 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 but like the it is like writing that yeah. story so that she dies is that so like i mean that's one of the drawbacks to john wick series, yeah is that um, yeah his wife is written so that sucks we're like um Kind of, yeah, just, like, any time a woman is written off or something just so, like, a man can get a storyline or can, like, feel sad or something, that's stupid. I would resurrect all of you if I could. <laughs> I love you all. I'm going to blow a kiss into the ether for you. <laughs> there. Mwah. For you. For you. Um, give me your next one, baby. I'm all thrown off kilter because we did that one at the end of the podcast last time. So I, I'm like, whoa, let me readjust no, myself. No, I have all of my hard hitters left. I thought that one was too. a big hard hitter. Um, I mean, it is, but I didn't have like a specific like emotional, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it just like makes me mad. I have to like <laughs> leave the room when that happens. I have to go. I'm so angry. Okay. Well, uh, the next one that I'm going to do is actually a group of characters. And this is cool. the um, main characters from the TV show, The Good Place. Um, because yeah the whole concept of that show is that you know these characters die and they go to the afterlife uh, and then they have to navigate like the fact that they weren't good enough to get into the good place which is like analogous with heaven and that they're technically in hell and getting to like torture each other forever so um, Catholicism at play woo love that anyway um I hadn't watched any episodes of The Good Place until the quarantine pandemic hit, and it's not the quarantine pandemic, it's the pandemic that put us in quarantine. <laughs> the COVID, the COVID <laughs> pandemic that put us in a quarantine. Yes, that's what I meant. It's not, it's not a pandemic of everybody just going into quarantine. Because I wish like it was. 
anyway, I hadn't watched any of The Good Place. I know it had been since, like, what, 2016, I want to say, is when the first season aired. Um, I'd seen a bunch of stuff on it online. It looked smart. It looked fun. But I just hadn't watched it because I'm not a huge TV show person. Um, oh, that reminds me. I know what um, TV show that you're going to reference later, so I'm not going to forget about it, like, the first time. I was going to, um, yeah. <laughs> great, 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 great. Okay, awesome. Yeah, woo. Okay. Um, anyway, yeah, so I'm not a huge TV show person, but The Good Place sucked me in so quickly. Like, from the very first episode, I was hooked. Um, and they had three seasons of it on Netflix. I binged it so hard. I watched the fourth season. I cried. And I don't know, like the whole concept of it, like I said, is that they're dead and they're navigating the afterlife. And it was just really heartening to see characters that are written so fully and not really playing into any stereotypes because it's these like three out of the four main characters are, you know, POC and they don't play into the stereotypes of like, you know, oh, this is a black guy or this is an Asian guy. They're talking and doing whatever. Like, they're entirely their own characters and they have their own development as they're going through the series. And, um, like, of course, since it is an NBC show, like, the main character is white and, you know, it's a girl. But, um, like, the way that they handle, um, oh, God, what's her name? Her last name is Shellstrap. What's her first name? Eleanor. Eleanor. I know it was, like, Eileen. I was like, that sounds wrong. Come on, Eileen. (laughs) Come on, Eileen. (laughs) Now I want to listen to that song. Um, But just the way that they handle Eleanor Shellstrap and like let her be an asshole and then still let her develop and kind of become a person that still has her personality, but just becomes a person that actually cares about what other people think about is so powerful. I don't know. I don't really get to see a lot of uh, female characters on screen that are written like that. They're usually the comfort characters or the maternal character or, um, you know, like the love interest. And so for Eleanor to just be like unabashedly like a dick and stay that way kind of like the whole time, but still becoming a good person and having, you know, empathy for other people learning that she is not the center of the universe. It was just so powerful. Uh, because I'm kind of an asshole, and I saw myself in Eleanor, and I was like, oh, she could, <laughs> Hallie was like, eh, kind of, no, I'm, I'm a dick, I'll, I'll look it, um, <laughs> yes, she <is. laughs> yes, she, she is a dick, yes, she is. Um, I'm an asshole, um, self-diagnosed, it's incurable, thanks, um, but I don't know, getting to see characters like that on screen, where they're not one-dimensional, and they do still have, um, really impactful character development over four seasons. And the fact that it stopped at four seasons because the story stopped is also incredible. This is becoming Great, yeah. like an advertisement for The Good Place and not really like me talking about the characters. It but is, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> please go watch The Good Place. I'm pretty sure they have all four seasons of it on Netflix now. So um, yeah, that's that's my, my, group of, my group of kids that I love. Speaking of shows that are on Netflix, um, <laughs> Y'all are so lucky we recorded this podcast because last time um, it was a bit that was going on. It lasted for like 20 minutes or so. Like, it did not guess. last for 20 minutes. It, it felt like 20 minutes. It was so long. Um, but um, recently over the pandemic, I really needed something to watch. And I wasn't allowed to watch cartoons as a kid because um, I was raised as a Catholic. Um, but um, that's not why. I just Bring like, that back again. <laughs> I just like wasn't allowed to wear. Do you see why I love Nikki from the Old Guard? Question mark. Um, no, I just like wasn't allowed to. So um, I was like, hey, I should watch Legend of Korra. And then I realized that it was a sequel series. And I was like, hey, Celeste, should I watch Avatar The Last Airbender? Because I've never seen a single episode. Um, and Celeste really was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I'll rewatch it. Like, well, let's do it. Um, and then um, 
listen, <laughs> Avatar is an interesting show. I think it's great. Um, I think it's funny. It made me cry several times. But there are no stakes in Avatar because it's a kid's show. So nobody dies, right? Question mark? False. False. There's only one child death in this entire show, which isn't even like properly written to be like an official death or whatever. We don't really know. But listen, Jet from Avatar The Last Airbender ruined me because the first time I saw him, I was like, oh, this funky little man that swings through the trees and fights with like little hooks and chews on a piece of wheat nonchalantly every day is the love of my life. And I'm adopting him and he's my son now. And Celeste would text me every once in a while and be like, oh my God, I can't wait till you get to the bossing say. I can't wait till you get to the bossing say. I was like, I don't care. Like, I don't know what that means. I don't care. Like, whatever. And then they got to bossing say. And I remember Celeste had fallen asleep that night. It was like two in the morning. And I was so mad. And it was like texting her in all caps. I was like, this is ridiculous. I can't believe this. Like, this is disgusting. I want a refund. Um, I just think it's sad that, um, Jet dies because he is still a child, and I think that it's he's like drawn to like that makes him like drawn to look like adults. He's one of the older kids, I would say, on the show, and I think it's sad that you kind of like see that a lot of people don't like him because he's like a war criminal. But like, who amongst us has not committed war crimes? Um, <laughs> but um, I think it's just sad that um, he's a kid who like lost his whole family to this tyrannical government and he's trying to fight back against it and ends up giving his life for that cause um, and never gets to like see like that kind of life that he had dreamed of um, and I think it is nice that he gets to like be with his family at the end um, his friends um, his names I can't remember I'm so sorry to them but um, <laughs> they escaped me but um, I just think it's so sad. Um, I think it's dumb that he's the only person to die in the whole, like, show. Like, that's just, like, uh, you're, you're telling me you're going to save the king. Like, Aang is like, I'm a peaceful person. I would kill anybody. Shut up, Aang. Like, <laughs> what? Like, he's the only person to that's. I think that's dumb. And I'm going to just think of him fondly. I think the, like, fandom doesn't really like him because he's, like, a criminal, like, a bad boy. But, like, well, shut up. Like, if you were, like, a child of war, you would be the same way. Justice for Jet 2020. <laughs> Justice for Jet 2020, yeah. I mean, like, I did get to watch Avatar The Last Airbender growing up, and so I can vividly remember being, like, a 12 or 13-year-old in middle school and being, like, in love with him the first time I saw him on TV. So the fact that I had to, like, He's watch hot. him They do him die. very hot, yeah. Yeah, they draw him very hot. He's, like, a 16-year-old in the show. So, like, you know, me being younger, I was like, oh, hello, 911. Like, um, there's a hot boy on my television? Uh, <laughs> and he's not real he's a cartoon <laughs> he's not real um that means i can fantasize him all i want anyway um yeah so no the like atlas great it just is there's just i don't know the way that they handle violence is so weird sometimes because they're like oh we can't show deaths on screen or like yeah. we'll take people as war criminals instead of like realistically killing them like the you know like um in the in the the whole Saka episode where they're Katara's doing dad should be dead <laughs> oh yeah he should be Dead, like, murdered on site for war crimes <laughs> it, it's a lot um i don't know but speaking of uh media that deals with this is a rough segue but media that deals with it's um, me julian soul childhood trauma question mark <laughs> we are um going into my next character that is canonically dead and so technically this character is only canonically dead in one adaptation of 
the original media, and this is oh. Danny Torrance in oh, Dr. Sleep. Oh, this is not who I thought it was. <laughs> I don't know who you thought it was. Okay, uh, when we get to him, I'll tell you. <laughs> so this is Danny Torrance in Dr. Sleep. Um, so the reason that I say, you know, only one iteration of him is dead is because in the Dr. Sleep um, book, you know, written by Stephen King, which um, Stephen King can't have rights unless he wants to talk to me about that, and then maybe I'll discuss it with him. He's also um, so tall. <laughs> he's six four. If I saw him in real life, I would fight or flight. I'd probably fight first, if I'm being honest. Um, I, I'm not going to run away from him. I'm going to face my fears right there. But anyway, so we're talking about um, Danny Torrance, originally in the Shining novel, and then he's in the sequel to The Shining, Dr. Sleep. So, um, Specifically, we're going to be talking about him in the Dr. Sleep movie, which came out 2019, um, directed by Mike Flanagan, who is one of the Ooh. only men in horror that can have a few rights, just a little bit. Um, I'm on the fence with him after Haunting a Bly Manor, but um, everything else is done. a whole podcast done. for that, don't worry. Yeah, we've got it planned. We're, we're, I've got some beef. I didn't even finish watching it, and I have beef. Uh, it's which okay, is I did for the both theme. of us. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, that's a theme for uh, this podcast. We're just talking about whatever we want. We have lots of opinions, whether or not they are informed. But in this case, I have watched Dr. Sleep by Mike Flanagan. Um, I'm sorry, I'm slurring. I told you I've been drinking. Uh, Mike Flanagan. Anyway. Yeah, um, it wasn't that noticeable, but you did mention <laughs> to it, so it's okay. Yeah, now I did. I was like, okay, time to, time to talk about it. Um, anyway, so Dr. Sleep is such an amazing movie. Uh, the fact that he balances the canons from the Shining novel, the Dr. Sleep novel, and then the Shining movie is so incredibly impressive. Um, it's iconic that he made Aberstone a black girl that is unapologetic about her power and about her rage and her anger that she directs yeah. towards Rosa Hat and then gets to act on that and, you know, take her out and take a whole bunch of people out. Honestly, Abra is like OP. I mean, we talk about her in our next podcast in episode two when we were tier ranking final girls. So we you do. get to quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. Two for one. Um, two for one. We'll, we'll talk about them more when we get to her. Um, but this is about canonically dead characters and Abra is not canonically dead. Um, so I don't know. Danny Torrance just really got me because um, throughout this movie, we get to see um, I love that Mike didn't shy away from his um, background in alcoholism and the fact that the trauma from the Overlook really fucked him up as he's, you know, moving into adulthood. Um, so we get to see him developing from that and getting help going into AA, um, which I don't know if we can really like 100% um, like praise AA. I know there's issues with it, but I mean, there's issues with everything. We're, we live in a society. That's just how things be. But <laughs> we can, I think we can like, praise AA for being a place where people can seek treatment for their addiction issues when addiction is so stigmatized in our society and we're such a crisis. Definitely. I mean, you don't have to be like, oh my god, AA is the solution. But like, <laughs> it's perfect. There's nothing wrong with it. No, but like we can like appreciate what it like set out to do and what it mm -hmm. can do for people. Definitely. And I'm so glad that Mike Flanagan did not shy away from that. And Dr. Sleep, exactly. that is such a big part of it is Dan Torrance overcoming his addiction issues and then facing it head on throughout the entire movie and like struggling with it realistically, not in one of those ways where it's like, well, I don't know, there's some movies where the director plays the character's trauma as if it's their only personality type. I'm looking at mm -hmm. you, Black Christmas 2019. Um, I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> that was on TV. I almost watched so it yesterday. Much. Uh -huh. I just, that movie. Okay. 
like it, you know, like this podcast if you want us to talk about how much I fucking hate them. <laughs> um, <laughs> Give us a like, subscribe. <laughs> so like, I don't know how podcasts work. I literally don't listen to podcasts. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, by the way, that I'm the only one between us that listens to podcasts, so it's all on me if this sucks. It's all my Yeah, Ali was just like, do you want to start a podcast? <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah she's like, do you want- <laughs> I was like, listen to a podcast. Like, do you want to start a podcast like- one day? And I was like, okay. <laughs> we just did. Oopsie. <laughs> Who among us hasn't like, started okay, a podcast? I mean, come on. It's quarantine. We might as well. But anyway, Dan Torrance. Um, so he doesn't die in the book. He does die in the movie. But I think the way that they handle it in the movie where he gets to kind of face his past with the overlook and with his father that was abusive to him um, is just really powerful. And the fact that he does it to further Abra's life and make sure that Abra gets out of there safe and he's holding everything back and he's kind of like facing his trauma head on so that his trauma will not overwhelm Abra and kind of turn her into the person that he was for so many years so um yeah even though I cried a whole lot um at the end of Dr. Sleep the first time I saw it that he died um I probably cried like every time that I saw it in theaters just because it's so intense um I I just thought it was uh, a really fitting way to kind of spin all of the canons of the Shining book, Dr. Sleep book, and the Shining movie into one and have a movie that doesn't piss off every single person that has ever, you know, interacted with any of the iterations. I know a lot of people that only saw the Shining movie really didn't like the Dr. Sleep movie, but that's because they're cowards and they can't handle artistic interpretations of uh, recreating scenes. So that's not my fault or Mike Flanagan's fault. It's just them not being able to handle cool shit. So sorry that you guys are incapable of having critical thinking skills. Um, someone is saying that about really not liking. About someone is saying that about you not liking Bly Manor right now. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was my 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 take. Now it's on to you, baby. Um, I've been waiting for you. Um to do um you're one of this person but um i'm gonna do this one now because i want to segue into she segues into another person um i'm talking about heather holloway from stranger things season three my beautiful perfect daughter um i love you so much um uh it was weird um i remember um no i just remember like i was like not invested i was like oh whatever like this heather girl like whatever she's pretty she's a cheerleader like whatever but um it really got to me i think um the night before um somebody had like leaked a spoiler i think on like tumblr or something where i saw where it was like the missing lifeguard is about like billy hargrove like abducting and attacking like a woman and i was like all right (laughs) like all of my like feminist like (laughs) red flags were like up and like i was like time to like adopt her and like write her a better story but i just think it's so sad of like this girl who you know, like, had a crush on her co-worker that she worked with over the summer, and she saw that he was obviously struggling and, like, hurt and, like, just wanted to help him, and, like, it's so sad that, like, she's just, like, oh, like, Billy, like, do I need to call the hospital? Like, you're hurt. Like, what can I do? And that, like, her being nice is what kills her, and I think that that's, like, a big trope for women is, like, don't be nice. Like, you don't have to, like, and it's obviously, it's not, like, it's like circumstantial like obviously like he's like being like taken over by like an alien like otherworldly being it's not like he's just like kidnapping women and like putting them into his truck and like killing them like a serial killer but that is like a you know don't be nice like to men like don't help them like you can be rude but 
I don't know I like value kindness so much and I think like it is such like a oh my friend needed help and like she was the only person who helped him who like saw that something was wrong in the beginning and like her death scene just like breaks my heart of like he's kind of just like standing there just like watching and she's just like alone and there's this like awful like it breaks my heart to think about it there's a scene where like they eventually kill her parents and but before that she's like burning cookies and someone has said like what if that was her like trying to get help like something was wrong like she was trying to burn the cookies to like let them know something was wrong and like just that like loss of innocence and like youth of this girl who just wanted to help and who died she like turns into goo I hate the Duffer brothers so much like I'm not even kidding I hate them so much like I'm gonna get into it in the next one but I hate the Duffer brothers they do not drink their daily respect women juice and I'm gonna break into their home and force it down their throats for season four which I'm not even watching but anyway Heather deserved better I love her actress though Francesca Real is I don't know that's how you pronounce her last name to be fair um but she's lovely um I wish we could have seen more of her I think Stranger Things could benefit from better writing of their women and um I think of Heather Holloway all the time every day blowing a kiss to the ether just for her just for her local community pool for her I was about to say, I was like, man, I don't even get into Stranger Things. Um, but the fact that I'm like physically wearing a shirt. You're literally with, wearing a Stranger Things t-shirt. <laughs> it's not just a Stranger Things t-shirt. It's the t-shirt from Halloween Horror Nights 2019 where they happen to have a Stranger Things house there. And they happen to feature it like gigantically on the shirt because of Stranger Things. But it also has the Universal Monsters at the bottom. Or at least three of them. Okay, that makes up for it. I almost flashed you. I'm not wearing it. I know. <laughs> It's cool. It's fun. We're having a good time. Speaking of Heathers, I also have a Heather on this list. I know. I think it's what you were, yeah. Yeah, I was waiting for you to be like, here's my Heather. So I could be like, oh, yeah, Heather. Heather. But like, this so, time, I'll give you my Heather. Yeah, I am stealing your segue. So here's my Heather that's on the list. Um, Allie talked about Heather Holloway. I'm going to be talking about Heather Chandler from the movie 1989. Heather. Um, oh, Heather Chandler. Date. I love knowing movie dates. That is like one of my <laughs> personality um, traits. <laughs> is knowing when movies came out. Um, Heather's is uh, one of the first like black comedies I can remember seeing and like just falling in love with. Like I swear to God, the first time that I watched Heather's, I was 14, like just about to start high school. And um, it was same. so impactful for me. Yeah. I know oh, it was for some it's reason, a cult classic. Yeah. You're never yeah, the same. <laughs> After you watch Heather's for the first time, you're just like, holy shit, I see everything in a different light. I don't even know who I am anymore. Um, yeah, no, Heather's is great. Um, I, for the longest time, I was like, wow, um, you know, if I had to be any character in that movie, I would probably be Veronica Sawyer because she's like the broody, you know, intense intellectual where she's like, nobody really understands me and I don't have friends. But honestly, like Same. if I had to choose <laughs> a character where, you know, I just feel right when I think about them and I just feel like, yeah, I could, you know, I wasn't the popular girl in high school, but I love that Heather Chandler is just neither of us were that's why we started a podcast that's that's why we're doing a podcast and that's why we're not on Instagram um I mean like we have Instagram but we're not big on Instagram and we're never going to be big on Instagram um I'm not cute I could not be an Instagram girl but um yeah if you're picturing Celeste just picture like Emma Watson when she went off and like cut her hair um after Harry Potter that's what Celeste looks like this is the first time anyone's ever compared me to emma watson i am not mad about it 
yeah, she's also the first person I can think of with your haircut. So okay, well that's fine then. Um, Who I else mean, has your haircut Mulligan in one this. celebrity? Carrie Mulligan has this the pixie. Okay, cut you don't look like Carrie Mulligan. I think I look more like Carrie Mulligan than I look like Emma Watson. I don't think so. Also, anyway. if anyone's wondering what I look like, just imagine Matilda but old. <laughs> I mean, she does look like a twenty-year-old version of Matilda. Like the hair Stop. is exactly him. Um. Anyway, anyway Heather Chandler. Yeah, I I love that she's a bitch. I love that she's unabashedly a bitch. Um, I hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. I I love the color red. I mean, that's like a minor thing, but um, just like her, the fact that she is, you know, she dies within the first like twenty five minutes of that movie, but then her presence continues to be felt mm-hmm. throughout the rest of the movie is so powerful to me. So that's like one of those female deaths where I don't feel like it was um, like gratuitous. Like it feels like mm-hmm. Heather is still there. And that she has almost developed more after death than she did in life. Um, and it's something that you can definitely tell if you've ever watched the Heather's musical, which there's like a ton of rips of it yeah. um, on YouTube. So you should really go check it out. Like the music is actually really good from the Heather's musical. And the Heather Chandler character is kind of physically more present throughout a lot more scenes than she is yes. in the movie, um, sure. which is so much fun. And um, it's almost kind of like, a little bit more like homoerotic with Veronica in the in the musical I would say like her mm-hmm. and Heather have like some vibes and it's not just because I'm a lesbian um it's like because like they have <laughs> chemistry like <laughs> I'm not just saying that because I'm gay it's like it's there um so yeah I don't know Heather Chandler is like one of those characters where you know even after death she is still so present and I think that's um something that not a lot of characters like can say like sometimes it's like people die and then you're like okay I'm never going to think about that character as I'm yeah. watching this movie for the rest of the time but Heather Chandler's so omnisciently present and um her death is fucking gnarly like the Oof, yeah drinking the Drano. The, the Drano and then crashing through the glass table with a Sylvia Plath book on it like Ugh. it's insane it's I don't know. I have that whole scene memorized. Like whenever I watch it, I just like mouth along to the words. And it's I'm so like, this is like coordinate. And then she crows, crashes through. It's it's. Please watch Heather's if you haven't watched Heather's. Um, I didn't even spoil the whole movie. That's just like the first twenty five minutes of it. But it's like the feminine experience is watching Heather's <laughs> in high school. Just like getting to be like, holy shit, this is what it's like to be a woman. Yeah. And, and you're like, wow. Um, I get to. It's not. It's like. It's like if Dark Academia was pop, is what Heather's is. Like, sure. That's a that's, good way of describing it. Yeah. I I love that movie. Um, I almost want to rewatch it like, right now because I haven't watched it in a while. And it's also, one of my Christian Slater. Movies. Christian Slater fucks in that movie. He's, He's so, so hot. hot. Oh, man. His character has no rights, but he is so fucking hot. No, JD is, JD is a loser and I hate him, but he is, oh my God, so hot. I remember seeing that movie and being like, oh, hello. Like, that is the only man who is allowed to come within a 50 foot like thing of me it's just like christian slater and heathers and keanu reeves it's just a oh my god yeah i know we keep saying that we're lesbians but technically we're bi but it's just that most men don't have rights yeah so. it's like yeah that's essentially what it is um <laughs> speaking of men who don't have any rights at all um, my next one is oh my god this is gonna get me um canceled but oh, yeah, um, nobody's gonna listen to the podcast <laughs> But guess what? I don't care. If you don't agree with me on this opinion, don't tell me. Um, Technically, I don't even agree, but... I know, whatever. Be quiet. Billy Hardgrove, I am thinking of you always. Um, I, 
I was like mad. I think when Stranger Things two came out, because I was like, this is dumb. I hate this boy, and like I still do. He's like my garbage stink boy. Like I hate him so much. Um, it really. You're laughing, and this is like that meme where it's like I'm crying and you're laughing. Like you're laughing. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> he's a stinky rat boy with a terrible haircut. Whoever did that to him is a criminal. <laughs> Okay, I'm fine. You can go on. Once again, the Duffer brothers are criminals. Um, but uh, I remember watching um towards the end of season two. I was also in college at that time, and um, seeing the scene where Billy is talking to his dad, and you find out that he comes from a f- abusive home, was something that really broke my heart. Um, I have to give Dacre Montgomery props for that. Um, he does a really beautiful job in that scene of depicting like child abuse and like an unhappy home and kind of a young boy who doesn't have like an outlet or like a way to escape. He's like stuck in this cycle of abuse and then is perpetuating it. Um, I have gotten canceled on Twitter several times for saying that Dacre Montgomery is not hot. Um, He's not. Sorry. (laughs) He looks like Shrek. I thought it was pronounced Dacre. Like (laughs) Dacre? I thought it was. No, it's Dacre. Trust me, I followed enough. I know I'm 100% confident in that. I think I'm not wrong. I know that for a fact. Just because I've been canceled so much that I like, I know, I know. Um, and I thought like the Twitter battle of is Billy Hargrove a good person or not? I don't know. Probably not. But I, something in me always sympathizes with the trope of, there's a common theme here of me and tropes, but the trope of this abused kid who can't break the cycle and then is the bully and then dies. Like that's, first of all, that's boring. Second, like second of all, it's also like, like I hate that. Like I just like, like some abuse victims can't break the cycle like they just don't have like the means of like getting out of an abusive home or like an abusive relationship and like cannot break the cycle and then to be like this child is just not like so many people when he died were like oh i'm so glad like good riddance like whatever first of all he's a child second of all like he's a child of like a victim of abuse and like that like just because they cannot break out of it and are learning the cycle does that mean they should die like i don't know how to explain to you that you should care about other people like (laughs) that's how i feel about it um but yeah he's like a garbage stink boy i hate him but i do remember like waking up on july 4th of last year and i was like i remember i woke up at like five in the morning to see and I was so upset and I was like seething in like the living room. My parents woke up. They were like, what are you doing? And I was like, I can't speak. Like, I'm just so mad. Like, I can't speak. And I had to go to work and like the fireworks were going off and I was like crying behind the counter. I was like, really hard. We'll never see fireworks again. <laughs> um, but it was just like, it's just that kind of like thing that pulls on my heartstrings of, I think like abused kids like deserve better plot lines than what they're given. Also, if the Duffer brothers ever, ever, if I ever cross them, it's, they're getting a fist to the face. Like, it's game over. We're fighting. Meet me in the Denny's parking lot at 3 a.m. Let's go. I'll fight both of you with a butter knife. Say goodbye to your eyes. (laughs) Say goodbye to your eyes. I want them. (laughs) But yeah, I just sympathize with him. I just, like, my heart goes out to him. I think the end of his story is very sad. Um, Hope he's in heaven with his mom. That made me sad to say. So you can go ahead. I feel like I'm gonna cry. (laughs) That made me so sad. I wish I hadn't said that. First episode, and Allie's like audibly crying on the podcast. <laughs> like a soft, like muffled sob. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to talk about a character from the Marvel comic. Um, and Disney owns Marvel cinematic stuff that's kind of like vaguely related. Um, but oh, anyway, I'm going to be talking. We have not seen him yet. Um, he's not even at theme parks, which makes me mad because technically, Aww. okay, okay, technically, 
Universal theme parks in Florida own the rights to Marvel Comics characters and the way that those characters appear in the comic books. So they can't have any characters that look like the MCU characters. So, you know, the, the Captain America that they have at Marvel is the, or that they have at Universal is the, the Marvel Comics version of him and not the Marvel Cinematic Universe version of Chris him. Evans. Yeah, so it's not Chris Evans. It's like, you know, silly um, with the big wings on his head. And like Steve Rogers, like suit. classic. It's, yeah. It's classic, yeah. So technically, Universal can have characters that appear in comics that don't appear, you know, as their on-screen uh, versions mm-hmm. in the MCU. So they have mm-hmm. the rights to do Ben Riley, who's the character I'm talking about now, if you guys hadn't guessed that, which there's no reason that you would have been able to guess that. Yeah, I really did not give you down. <laughs> any hints. Uh, ben Riley, who is the Scarlet Spider in the Spider-Man comics, um, well, Ooh. one of the Scarlet Spiders, they have the rights to do a Ben Riley walk-around character at Universal Studios or Islands of Adventure, and they don't, and that makes me so mad. Um, but, yeah, and he hasn't appeared in any of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies or even been hinted at, which mm. upsets me. Um, into the no Spider-Verse. Um, that's not an MCU movie. Okay. It's a Sony movie thing. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. I am right. Um, <laughs> However, one time, I'm going to embarrass Celeste right now, one time she and I I'm not embarrassed in, about it. Into the Spider-Verse over a Zoom call. And, like, I guess, like, Ben Riley is, like, closest resembled by the first Peter Parker that we meet. Um, who was played by Chris Pine. We love him. Chris Pine. If you're listening to this, I don't think he is, but we love you so much. Um, (laughs) um, One time we were watching (laughs) the movie over Zoom, and very quietly in the back room, I could hear something in Celeste's Zoom call, but I was like, whatever. And as Ben Riley was dying, she was just like softly crying into the microphone. (laughs) It's so sad. Okay, and that brings me to the fact that Ben Riley has canonically died 27 times she counted for you guys this week (laughs) in the comics he's died so many times and technically he's been brought back to life a lot of those times and currently he is alive in the 616 canon you said you only had one but there's two higher i don't play by the rules um you had three so fuck off Um, you have a higher number than you thought Anyway, um, I almost didn't talk about Ben Riley, but you gave me a decent segue with the Disney shit, so I was like, whatever. Um, I about Ben Riley, I love him. I love Ben Riley. Ben Riley is, if you guys aren't been, super... <laughs> I would have been mad if you hadn't talked about him, to be honest. Yeah, so if you guys aren't super familiar with Marvel Comics, especially the Spider-Man stuff, where they get more into like the other spider people that exist in the 616 universe, and even universes outside of the main Marvel universe, um, Ben Riley is a clone of Peter Parker, and um, he is basically a sweet angel child that deserves everything, um, and all he gets is struggles. And it's really upsetting to me, just uh, tracing his, his background from um, when he was uh, introduced in the 90s and then to now. Like, he just never catches a break. Um, he, like, once, so, you know, when he was first cloned, he thought he was Peter Parker, like, the real one. And then once he found out that he wasn't, he self, like, isolated himself into another town where he was just like, okay, I don't belong here. So I'm just going to take myself out of the equation so that the real Peter Parker can live his normal life with the people that he loves, which is so fucking sad. Like just go out on your own and like, you know, say that you're not, you you know, you don't deserve to have people that love you or, you know, um, get that kind of same interaction in your life. 
Um, you know, eventually him and Peter do reconcile and it's really sweet. Um, but the first time that Ben Riley dies is so fucking sad. Like he at that point has the Spider-Man mantle. So he's the spectacular Spider-Man and his Spider-Man costume is like the best Spider-Man costume if I'm going to be like hot take here, but it's really fucking hot. You should go look it up. Spectacular um, Spider-Man has nothing on him. Um, but the first time that Ben Riley dies, um, like he's taken over the Spider-Man mantle so that Peter can go live um, his life with MJ. And at that point, MJ is pregnant with their first child. And then, of course, Green Goblin comes in and fucks everything up. Um, he, like, MJ um, gets injured, and um, at the, you know, climax of the battle, Ben Riley is impaled with one of those goblin gliders and dies, like, Oof. in front of Peter. It's so fucking sad. And then as Ben Riley dies, he literally disintegrates because his clone body is like, oh, you know, there's nothing keeping me alive anymore, so I can just turn into dust. Um, Infinity and then after, yeah, Infinity War is from the 90s. And then after that, um, MJ ends up losing their um, child Ugh. because of the trauma that was associated with that. Um, so, like, Ben Riley's first death is so fucking intense and so fucking sad. And honestly, if you'd left it there, you know, he would have been, like, a really, you know, intense character where you're just like, wow, this is so sad. I feel really bad about it. Yeah. But then fucking the guy that cloned him from peter parker was like you know what i'm gonna collect his remains and continue re-cloning him until there's a stable clone that i like and ben riley remembers every single time he was re-cloned and then destroyed when his body wasn't perfect and that happened 26 times 26 times he remembers all of them and it fucks him up I don't want to talk Go about off. it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm mad about it. <laughs> Miles Warren can meet me in a dark alley and die because I'm so pissed off about it. Drop but dead. Drop dead, Miles Warren. Thank you. Um, and then Ben Riley's like, storyline goes off in this stuff. So they kind of like make him a villain and then uh, make him sort of an anti-hero. And I'm not like super mm-hmm. into those um, because it's like really negating like how much love Just he has in his heart and how much like has been, you know, that how much stuff he's been through and I don't know the fact that he hasn't appeared in like any major screen adaptation kind of pisses me off um there's been like a couple cartoon teasers where people are like oh this is Ben Riley," but it's like not his story so I'm like hello 911 not cool um but yeah so Ben Riley, like I love him um R.I. Peter I love him from Spider-Verse I just think that the Spider-Man mythos has like way more than like casual fans know about and it would be great to see some of that in like um, the the big movies that people actually watch instead of like the little cartoons where it's just like oh let me sprinkle in like a couple of things from the comics but like nobody's actually paying attention to it so yeah that's my big Marvel comics rant sorry about that. I don't like showing that side of myself but <laughs> it's there that's quite alright um, speaking of superheroes um, my uh, superhero heartbreak is uh, Leonard Snart or Captain Cold from uh, the Flash Cinematic Universe on CW or Legends of Tomorrow. Um, I don't know if either show is still going. I think the Flash is. Um, I love Wentworth Miller. I'm going to throw that out into the ether. Wentworth Miller, if you listen to this podcast, I love you, sir. Um, I would honestly, um, he really like meant a lot to me. I just think he was like this like kind of anti-hero who was like gay coded and um he also is like I, I very much have a soft spot for like characters who come from broken homes and he comes from a really broken home and has like a really touching sequence of like 
meeting his younger self and like imposing wisdom to his younger self of like don't let the world like make you as hard as it made me like very emotional um anyway leonard snart died the night before i went to prom in high school and i really didn't want to go to prom in high school because i didn't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend for that matter and i just like don't like the idea of prom but um my mom was making me go and he died that night beforehand and my dad was like it doesn't matter you don't really like him and I was like actually dad I love him that was the wrong thing to say I consecutively cried on my kitchen floor for three hours after that it is um the worst story I have of like a character death they just hit me at the wrong time like I, I cried about prom and about him and like my mom tells this story and she's like I've never like hated anything more in the moment than you like crying I was like so sick of it and like I understand that completely like at three hours is too long <laughs> but um I do love him he means very much to me um and they brought him back a few more times and Wentworth Miller was like I'll come back under one condition you make him super gay and they did and I love when people use their powers for good so um thank you Wentworth Miller for that um I love you um I can talk about somebody where um their death I don't know why I say they is the he um Oh, I know who this is. This is who I was yeah. thinking. <laughs> this, I saved this one. The first time we recorded this, I gave this one, like, at the beginning. And Allie was doing all of her hard hitters again. So I, I decided to doing, yeah. and, and uh, one of my hardcore comfort characters at the end. Um, but this is Eddie Kasprak from the It series. Um, I mean, It, like, cinematic series. But there's only one It book. Um and I know I've, like, bitched about Stephen King before, but, like, I cannot deny that he is incredible at writing, like, childhood relationships um, in such a realistic way where as you're reading the book or as you're experiencing them on screen, it just feels like these characters are your friends so that you are growing up and experiencing this with them. And um, Eddie is such an impactful character for me because he is incredibly gay coded um, throughout the mm -hmm. novel, especially, and then um, also in the movies, um, and especially in the 1990 uh, miniseries, he's very like, I mean, effeminate's the wrong word, but like just the way that they styled him, the fact that Dennis Christopher like really leaned into that aspect of the character as, along with sure. the um, actor playing Richie, like they really um, kind of embrace that side of it instead of, you know, being like, ooh, gay, gross. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Eddie Kasprak just comes from such a repressive background. I mean, his mom has Munchausen by proxy disorder mm -hmm. and she is incredibly, um, kind of like stifling of him in terms of having friends or just being a person and going out and experiencing things as a child. And so the fact that even as he grows up, he's kind of escaped that a little bit, but then he only is really able to escape it when he's around his friends. Um, was always really impactful to me because I don't know I have a tendency of like pushing people away but like at my core like I really do value friendships more than anything and I don't know the fact that like you know some people can do this where they actively push those things away instead of embracing them is just that's something that you don't see in Eddie's character and that's something I always really liked about him is that he was always the strongest and most brave around his friends and just the fact that after all of that, uh, like, you know, at the end of the book, he still dies, um, surrounded by his friends, saving his friends. And I don't know, like, I am honestly getting a little bit choked up about it right now. No, I can hear it. I can hear it. <laughs> because I just really, like, 
oh no, I'm really about to like cry about this. I'm not gonna cry. Oh my god, I can like cut it. I can cut it in. I can cut it in. It's fine. No, 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 fine. I'm good. Um. Anyway, um, Eddie is so brave, and um, I'm. There are tears in Celeste's eyes right now. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I really. This is what it sounded like (laughs) when Peter Parker died. When we're watching Into the Spider-Verse. There's, like, tears, like, screaming down her face. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But there are tears in her eyes. Yeah, anyway, I love Eddie Kasprak. I love how much he loves his friends. Um, I love that he was gay-coded. I hate that he dies, but I love that he is surrounded by his friends as he's dying. But it's just really sad that he doesn't get to, like, live the rest of his life as the person that he's accepted, like, in his last moments. And um, I don't like it, Chapter 2. Send tweets. <laughs> I'm like actively crying right now. Yeah. <laughs> sending like hate letters to um, Stephen King. Um, no, sending hate letters to um, Andre Muschietti. Okay. Well, no, he did good in part one, so we can't send part him hate letters. Part one was fine, but like they should not have like streamlined part two to be done in like two years. Like that was not enough time for that shit. One of my gals is um, a beloved character to the both of us in some way or shape or form. Um, Allison Arjun from Teen Wolf. I love you. Um, Teen Wolf was like, I think, another one of those like experiences that you had, like where you watched it, like the MTV version I'm talking about, not the Michael J. Fox movie. Um, Can you imagine getting like really upset about like weeping over Michael J. Fox? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But um, the MTV version, like Dylan O'Brien, Tyler Posey, uh, Crystal Reed a bunch of beautiful people in that one but um it's like it was like a big experience in high school where you would like watch that and it was like this cool like fantasy show where like scott mccall was a werewolf and he was figuring it out and um i really loved allison arns and i remember like hating her in the season two which was stupid they like turned me against her and i hate that i hate them for that like jeff davis why would you do that to me why would you Jeff Davis hates feminism. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but um, I remember, um, like, I had learned her, like, little saying in French. I took French in high school. I don't remember a single thing. Um, but, um, like, I could say her thing when I was in high school. I could say her thing in French. And, like, I really, like, I had, like, my phone case was, like, something of hers. Um, and I, like, I really, really loved her. Um, she was, like, the strong, like, female, like, lead who, like, did not need Scott McCall to save her. Like, she was, like, I am gonna, like, do this. And, like, I am so capable. And I was, like, that is the kind of, like, positive reinforcement I need in my life from a woman. Like, I need that. Um, that was also me figuring out that I was gay. Um, but <laughs> besides that, um, and I remember them, like, teasing it up to, like, the point where she was dying where they were, like, someone will die. And I was, like, I can't wait for it to be, like, Isaac or something. Like, whatever. Like, sorry, Daniel Sharman. Like, bye. Whatever. And I remember when she died, I was just heartbroken. Like, I was just crying and cry. I was, like, so, I was so torn up about it. Um, she's such a sad death. Um, and I remember I came upstairs and um, I was crying. And my mom was, like, was it your friend who died? And I was, like, yeah, it was. <laughs> And I was, like, sitting in my bed listening to Angel by Sarah McLaughlin and, like, weeping. <laughs> I was such a moody teenager. But, like, I really do miss her. And I think she was, like, a great role model for, like, me. Like, strong female character. She, like, really set the bar for me. And, like, she really, like, rolled us. Like, Teen Wolf really, like, rolled us into our friendship. So, like, we have to thank Teen Wolf for, like, what it did. Thank you, Dylan O'Brien and Crystal Reed for rolling us into our friendship. We really owe you one. You guys are the real ones. God, yeah. I mean, speaking of another, like, 
teen fandom that kind of shaped me as a person. Um, the Maze Runner books and movies Oof. were, yeah, so intense, um, like, growing up. I don't know. They were one of the first book series where um, I felt like the, the um, like, stuff actually mattered in the series, and it was, like, the stakes were very obvious. It's like, oh, if you, like, fuck this up, you die. And, I mean, sometimes, like, in other um, teen book series or, like, young adult, um, like, children's fiction, like Harry Potter, maybe, like, Percy Jackson or something. Harry Potter. Yeah, it's, like, it, it's not always super clear that, like, there is real danger, mm-hmm. especially when they're younger. But with the Maze Runner series, it was, like, always very apparent, like, oh, my gosh. Sure. Like, children, these teenagers are you know, always, like, two steps away from death, um, which, like, side note, James Dashburn can suck my dick. He is not a good person, and I don't yeah, also, condone him. <laughs> we of, hate as, him. We hate J.K. Rowling, but, like, we oh, yeah. acknowledge, we acknowledge the work and that they made that, like, shaped our childhoods in some way. Death to the author, um, not just in terms of what we want to happen in canon, but in terms of them being shitty people. We're also both authors. Like, we both were, like, death to authors, and, like, we're death both writers. <laughs> it, we, yeah, we both write. Um, you know, death to us. Like, it's death fine. To death to us. Death to us. That's our motto. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we should have called the podcast. Death to us. Um, <laughs> we are now the ones that are canonically dead. Um, but anyway, the main Plot twist. Series. We're ghosts. <laughs> Plot twist is that. Um, major in a series. Oh, I should have put Noah from um, the Raven Boys on here. I totally. Forgot I they're gonna that. say Noah isn't my kid. And I no, was not, like, not your, not your. Also, not Noah. my kid, but like I wrote a character <laughs> named Noah who like dies, and I was like, oh my god, my Noah. That's so You're sweet. Like, no. Hello. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, major in a series. There's a couple of main character deaths that were really intense. Um, the first one that I mean, most people are going to obviously think of is Newt's death. Um, in the death cure um, and I vividly remember the first time I was reading this I was yeah. backstage I used to be a theater kid um, so did I yeah we were both yeah. theater kids that explains this <laughs> explains a lot and I was backstage and we were doing like a short play um, kind of tournament kind of thing and I was backstage waiting for my group to go on and I was reading the death cure and I got to nudes part and I was just like uncontrollably sobbing in the middle of this hallway as there's like a play going on in the next room and it was like hmm okay um this really hit me hard but I mean Newt's death was incredibly painful um you know in terms of like you get to know this character for so long and Newt was so uh well fleshed out in terms of like how he interacted with Thomas Amino and um like his his role in the original Glade um kind of like archetype and structure of you know him being like one of the leaders and like really important to saving people and being like um you know a, a touchstone for people to look to and look up oh, absolutely to. um and then the fact that it's revealed that newt struggled with like suicidal thoughts and even attempted Ugh. suicide at some point and that making him even more kind of relatable and it more bone crushing that you know by the time that we get to the end of the series he's contracted this like deadly disease that the entire mm-hmm. like, book is based off of and it's like incurable and you can't even save him oh, at this so point. So sad. Yeah. And so I, I hate deaths like that where it's like they it's try gutting. so hard. Yeah. And yeah. then like at the end of the day it doesn't matter that even though they've overcome so many things and like at that point he wanted to live and Ugh. you don't even get I'm gonna yeah, cry. Yeah, I, that. <laughs> I, I hate that. I hate that. Um Ooh. but the other one from the Maze Runner series was um Teresa who is not a fan favorite is actually Mm-mm. one that the fans um kind of hate this might get unfairly. you canceled yeah um i don't care if it gets me canceled because Teresa 
you know, at the end of the day, she is, you know, the same age as these kids. They're like 15, 16, 17. They are yeah. children legally. And they are thrown into this world where, they, you know, it's life or death. And they're making these choices where, in Teresa's case especially, she's doing things for the greater good. So she is sure. following along with um, Wicked's plan of, like, you know, basically tricking the um, other main characters into, like, being parts of these trials or mm-hmm. making them think that they're, you know... Um, in some sort of experiments and you know yeah truthfully like she is part of it and she was a part of it the whole time um but her motivations for doing it and her intentions were entirely pure she at the end of the day just wanted to save the fucking world and like develop a cure to this incurable disease so um she's a yeah, child the fact, yeah the fact that she dies at the end of it after doing her best to save these people that she has yeah. come to know and come to think of as friends and for people to just write that off of like, Oh, she was an asshole and she lied to them a couple of times. Like, fuck off. You know, like again, they're teenagers. Like same. I do that too. I lie. Like, yeah. okay. Like, Oh, you're going to cancel me. Sure. Fine. Whatever. Like, I don't know, really upsetting. And like, even my mom, um, at this point, like every time comes on TV, she's like, Oh, she can't stand Teresa. And I always stand up for, even though Teresa, like, I'm not going to say she's my favorite character or anything. Cause she's not, but I can understand That's where so she's valid. coming yeah. from and like the, the struggles that she's going through and the fact that she's facing entirely different issues than the main group yes. is because she knows everything, like all the other characters like have separated. their memories. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then she is like cognizant of everything from the beginning and that she has to deal with all of that. And the fact that she has personal relationships with the, these other characters Ugh, and yeah. she still has to like betray them sometimes. So yeah, I don't know. It pisses me off that people can't, like, have critical thinking skills and, you know, see that this is a girl that is, like, trying her best to save the people that she's with, but whatever. It's fine. I'm not salty, but I am. But I am. Um, speaking of girls trying their best, um, I think this one will round it off unless you feel very strongly and you want to share another one um, before we go into our last segment, which is um, each have one person that we're totally glad has croaked. Um we are so thankful for their um, existence being wiped off the face of the earth. But before we get to that, um, a girl who was trying her best is Eleanor Nell Crane from The Haunting of Hill House. Um, Victoria Pedretti, call me. Um, <laughs> you are so hot, call me. Um, but Nell really just breaks my heart. And she always does. And i like, I cannot watch The Haunting of Hill House because... I wept like I had like a like I was like leaking like when people are like oh I'm leaking because I'm crying like they were just tears gushing down my face when I finished that show I was like weeping I was like oh my god like when Steve is like the and they walked together like I'm like weeping like I'm like and they walked together like <laughs> I was like oh they're all fr-. like it's like they're together like and the haunting of Hill House is so well done Mike Flanagan you did great on that you did great on Doctor Sleep Blyman or interesting we have notes <laughs> yeah um i have some like i have some like edits i'd like you to make please and thanks um but um it really was like she kind of broke my heart because she was like this person who had you know like a tough childhood and you know experienced all of this trauma and she like wanted a life for herself like and she had that with arthur and it was taken from her and nobody believed her oh what a good metaphor of in horror of believing women but um you know who struggled with mental illness her whole life um whether that's true or not like whether the ghost like brought that on or like affected that in any way who like deals very heavily with like a mother wound um and like family trauma and just like 
aching you know for that like support that is never there and then like her like the bent neck lady is like even I had that spoiled for me and it was still like heartbreaking to see her like kind of like falling through her life and like breaking more and more each time she kind of like falls until she dies and like it's just like I wish she would have lived forever I loved her so much um she's just so sweet Victoria Pedretti acts the heck out of her um I don't know I just think about her a lot I love her um you can haunt me anytime (laughs) no crane come on over you can haunt me join the ghost in my house this is an open invitation yeah come on in I mean I really like ghosts I don't want to invite any ghosts into my spiritual realm I don't yeah I don't mess with that yeah but that's like different I don't want anybody else (laughs) nobody everybody else stay away I've seen the insidious movies everybody else stay away you're not no crane do not interact (laughs) yeah (laughs) if you're not no crane don't (laughs) do not interact with this blog but yeah I mean I didn't even have um Haunting of Hill House spoils for me like whatsoever even though I watched like a year and a half after it was big like I didn't watch it until um like the beginning of 2019 I want to say you were really Um, I had seen it already yeah 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 I know like everybody's seen it well I've got this thing it's a bad I don't want to talk about it I'm gonna talk about it I don't care I have this thing where if something gets too popular or if I see too much of it on um, whatever social medias that I'm hanging out on like I don't usually want to watch it it's like a hipster complex I hate it um it's annoying I understand that it is like put rifts in friendships before with Allie especially because <laughs> there's so many things where she wants me to watch and I it's refuse not even especially like I want her to watch them it's just like <laughs> I asked her to watch the old garden and now she won't and she's gonna be I know it when she watches it she's gonna be like this was so good and I'm gonna be like I told you six months ago that you should watch it I don't it. think I don't think no, so. you will, because you like Atomic Blonde, and it's essentially just Atomic Blonde too, but they can't die, and it's, you're going to be Whatever. so mad. Whatever. I don't know. Everyone it's watch just... The Old Guard right now. <laughs> Stop listening and watch it, and then come back. Anyway, that's why I hadn't watched Haunting of Hill House, because I heard a lot about it, and it was, like, getting really popular, um, especially, like, on Tumblr and Instagram. That's um, weird. I hadn't heard anything about it when I watched oh, it. Oh, I, I saw a lot of it. Maybe I'm just following better people than you are. I don't know. Um... Maybe you should unfollow the people who are posting about the old guard so you can watch it. <laughs> unfollow me so I won't post about okay, it. Under. Unfollow you so you're not on my timeline posting like 20 old guard posts in a, in a row. Listen, it's a disease. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, I hadn't had any of Haunting of Hill House spoiled for me. So when the um, bet neck lady uh, reveal happened, I was like, Ugh. holy shit, I lost my goddamn mind. It was so well done. Um, so yeah, I think Nell Crane is a really good and really topical um, character to leave off on before we head into the characters that we are glad that they are canonically dead. I'm Ooh. going to start us off. Um, I've already been on that Marvel train um, a couple times throughout this Woo-hoo. podcast, and Allie actually spoiled us a little earlier in the podcast, but... <sighs> The character that I chose that I am glad that they are canonically dead is Tony Stark slash Iron Man from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Rot Tony Stark. <laughs> now, I've got mixed feelings about this because when I... cancels for this. <laughs> I don't care. Um, like I said, we're doing this for fun. We're not making any money off of this. We are literally doing it because it's enjoyable. So suck yes. my dick. Um, if you like Tony Stark, leave. <laughs> <laughs> if you like Tony Stark and you have no qualms about him, I don't understand because tw- 2008. He's a war um, criminal. <laughs> he's a war criminal. But okay, so listen. I literally defended a war criminal Allie, earlier. This is my part to talk. <laughs> Stop. 
I was making a joke about me defending a war criminal, but whatever. Keep going. Whatever. Nobody cares about your war criminal joke. I do. <laughs> Which war criminal? But uh, Nikki? Jet. Nikki is not a war criminal. Um, he was a crusader. That is a war crime. <laughs> God. You're absolutely right. I also hate that you know that, even though you haven't seen the show, that I've just put enough content on your dashboards and timelines that you just know that he was involved in. You're not the only one that posts old guard stuff. I've seen but so I am much the most. of that movie without watching it. <laughs> anyway, away from Allie and her um, you might old, war criminals. <laughs> her war criminals that she's standing over here unproblematically. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so, all right. God, I don't even remember my fucking train of thought. Okay, the first time that I watched Iron Man from 2008, um, I lost my mind. I thought it was so cool that they were bringing to life this character from comics where, you know, I'd read a few comics at that point, but I had never actually, like, really gotten into comics or um, comic book movies because generally they were terrible. Like, I I don't like the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans. I will put that out there. We're going to get canceled for that again. I don't care. I do not like the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans. Um, I know Sam a Raimi's lot of people. <laughs> Spider-Mans are what got me into superheroes. I can't believe this. No, I thought they were so cheesy and Apologize like, to Tobey Maguire right now and Topher I Grace. I won't. Apologize to Topher Grace. He is a gift. And we have the same birthday, so apologize. No. Topher Grace has anyway, a podcast. He'll listen to this and know. He's not going to listen to this. Um, Topher Grace, I liked you on that 70s show, even though your character was a dick. Um, okay, that's fine. I'll accept that. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That. Okay, moving on. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, I don't know. In my head, like, superhero movies were just um, super cheesy, and they weren't you know, really made to be taken seriously, and they weren't cool, uh, which was, like, a big thing for me. because um, I was oh, in, for sure. I was in, like, middle school going into junior high, and I was, like, really into stuff that was, like, hardcore, kind of edgy, but, like, at the same time, a little bit because that's kind of like who I was as a kid where I was like, I want stuff that is taken seriously, but is also like still cool and appealing to me. And Iron Man really, you know, the first movie hit all of it. It was so well done and so cool. and just introduced the character of Tony Stark so well. And I even enjoyed Iron Man 2 so much. I thought it was just so cool the way that they expanded the story and, um, you know, like bringing in these characters from his past and his father's past and kind of like showing like, hey, there's more... Uh, room for him in this universe and the way that stuff is going to be expanding outward um and then after that shit started going downhill like Avengers was good um but I remember being so fucking pumped for Iron Man 3 it was like Mm -hmm. on my like stupid little cell phone calendar like counting down the days of when Iron Man 3 was going to come out and then having to see that and just the way that it completely like fucked over comic book fans and it mm-hmm. made a farce of people that actually cared about the uh, before the Marvel Cinematic mm-hmm. Universe. It was so disappointing and it really, that was the first kind of like moment where I was like, oh, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is not good. Like that that was the, the moment where it's I was thinking good. like, I was like, it's not good? Like <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I hadn't ever walked out of a Marvel movie like disappointed until then. And then it just oh, kept oh happening boy. afterwards. <laughs> yeah. um, it happened so many times. I mean, like the entirety of Ultron was garbage. Um, the fact uh, that was introduced in Ultron. Okay. I apologize. <laughs> I mean, she was cool, but like you only get to see her like, a little bit for, and you don't really get to, like her whole backstory. It's like very much like, oh, she's a weapon, and like we're gonna look at her for a couple seconds. She's gonna do a few things. I don't know. She was hot while she and did then, it. And then Pietro dies, and that's not cool. Um, <sighs> 
Did you know Peter dies just because Joss Whedon didn't like that character? That's fucking stupid. Joss Whedon can suck my dick. Yep. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Anyway, um, yeah, no, so the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies just kept getting worse and worse, and mm-hmm. they were just centering so much on Tony Stark as a character when they definitely <laughs> shouldn't have. Um, like, the entirety of Captain America Civil War is basically, like, Iron Man 4 in, instead of a Captain America movie, and... Isn't the, it, like, less than, like, he is in the other two, like, combined? Yeah, it's Not, like, no, isn't it, like, less than, like, he's in, like, Avengers or something combined? Like, it's, like, a bizarre, like... Take where like Captain America is not a Captain America movie at all. It's literally got his name attached to it, but it's Iron Man four, and then we move into um the what Phase three where Spider Man comes in, and then <sighs> Spider Man Homecoming like entirely negates the entire Spider Man backstory where he's doing it for his deceased uncle, and that and I don't know, it just rubs me so much the wrong way that you know of course first of all like they're replacing uncle ben with tony stark and making us be like oh and now he's the father figure but then the fact that it takes away the agency that peter has um as Mm -hmm. a genius and absolutely absolutely makes it to where that tony stark is the one that created this suit and he has the one that's all the high-tech technology and he's behind the whole spider-man brand now yes it's so fucked up and it really just minimizes spider-man as a character in his first appearance in the cinematic universe, I mean, like, you can technically say that Civil War is his first appearance, but he's there for, like, two seconds, and he fights, and he says a couple quippy things. Like, that's not real. But, no. um, yeah, so after that, um, I was really getting into the, ooh, I don't like Tony Stark train, and then Endgame and Infinity War happened, and like, holy shit, like, fuck Tony Stark. I was just so gets tired worse, of yeah. him. It just gets worse. You just get... It's so frustrating to love a character and then have to see them on screen for 10 years and then learn to hate them. Mm. And I don't know. So by the time that Tony Stark died at Endgame, I was fucking glad about it. They had just twisted him into being like the face of the Marvel Universe, even though there are so many other characters Mm -hmm. with adequate screen time and adequate development. And they made just Tony Stark out to be this hero that was unproblematic and like, oh my God, he's so perfect. And like, look, he grew because like he relieved that uh, when Endgame finally rolled around, it was Tony Stark that ended up being one of the ones that died. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, thank you. Like it was relief to me to see him die finally because I just so tired of seeing them twist his character or use him as like the, the face of the MCU yeah. when there were so many other people and so many other characters that were really deserving of that and needed the development that people were just throwing at him so tony stark um i'm glad you're dead in the cinematic universe thank god yeah he's like yeah i think i remember being mad and like homecoming i think it is of peter parker he's like you're nothing without the suit like hate to break it to you but if you took that thing out of your chest you would be dead so let's not argue about (laughs) whose suit is the best or whatever like yeah i don't like that he's a crutch for peter I think Peter exists on his own without Tony Stark, always has, always will, and I don't know why in this one they're like, he's his new dad. Like, stop that. Mm-hmm. He has a he has a mother, and her name is Aunt May. Like, and like, yeah, it's just, and also he died, but like also at what cost? Because then Far From Home is just like another Iron Man movie. So it's like, it, what does it even matter? Also comment below if you think Mysterio is hot with the fishbowl on. <laughs> Okay, Mysterio is hot with a fishbowl on. I will, I'll plug with that. I don't care. Um, that, yeah, Mysterio is the only good thing about Far From Home. I, like, repressed Far From Home because I didn't even talk about it in my initial thing. But, like, just the fact that we are still having to see, like, the effects of Tony Stark even after he's dead. This is homophobic. Beyond, it's homophobic. It, it's, it's awful. Oh, God, it's just terrible. Yeah, the fact that, like, Spider-Man's second movie is really just, like, the fifth Iron Man movie 
pisses me off so much. And so okay, many Iron Mans. While we're on the subject of Iron Man, um, there's no reason that Far From Home should have been framed around this idea of like Spider-Man needs to become the next Iron Man because he was Tony's protege. Um, Harley Keener from Iron Man 3 in 2013 is right there. He's right fucking there, guys. Like, the fact that they just forgot about the character after they made him, like, he's the only good thing that I enjoyed about Iron Man 3, and the fact that they were just, like, fucking, like, throwing him away after um, that movie came out pissed me off so much, and I don't know, it's garbage. It's just everything um, dealing with Tony Stark after the first Avengers is garbage. Uh, That's my hot take. No, I totally, yeah. Harley is, like, right there to be the next Iron Man, and, like, they're like, oh, Peter, in his iron, like, spider iron suit or whatever it is. It's like, ew. I don't, I don't, I, I don't like anything about it. Like, there's nothing about it that's good. He should have stayed on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> and everything would have been fine. Um, for me, personally, I come from a different um, fandom. Um, it's highly contested. Um, this is Mike and me canceled with a bunch of Star Wars fans. Um, I'm barely in your fandom, so come for me all you want. I don't understand anything you tell me. Um, but um, Kylo Ren, another war criminal. Um, speaking of, we both picked war criminals to die. Um, but Kylo Ren, goodbye. I am so glad you're dead. Adam Driver, you in that musty face. Like, goodbye. Goodbye. I could not be more excited to see you out of this universe. Um, First of all, Ray is a lesbian. Jot that down. Um, or she could have ended up with Finn. I do. I ride the Finn Poe train to exist. Like, yes, a hundred percent kings of all. But if they wanted her to have a male love interest, if they could handle her being the funky little dirt lesbian that she is, they could have had her end up with Finn. He was right there. But sadly, we could not. So instead, we have. Kylo Ren, who they like forced with her, and every like Raylo out there, I hate you. Get help, go to therapy, seek a different form of media. They are not lovers. He has emotionally, physically abused her. He is a literally like blows up planets, literally like killed his classmates for no reason because like he didn't get apple juice that day. I don't know what it is, but like I don't know why. Like he has no reason to be that. Like, oh, I want to be like grandpa. Shut up, get a job. Like, grow up. Like, you're, why are you acting like you're 12? Like, you're not cool. I think he had the great potential to be, like, a cool villain. He's a cool villain in The Force Awakens. He's, like, scary. He's great. And then they're like, oh, but Ben Solo. Who is that? I don't care. Like, <laughs> stop being like, oh, he's really like Ben. Shut up. Like, I know I'm being hypocritical because, like, Billy Hargrove is kind of his, like, antithesis, kind of, like, opposite. Shut up. Kyle, I won't care about Kylo Ren. Like, I would put him into the space if I could. <laughs> Like, I would spot him out of the, whatever ship he flies. I don't know. I'd put him out of the window and just, we would all die, but I would do it for the sake of the galaxy. He's a loser. Um, when Snoke <laughs> broke his back, I was, like, cheering. I was like, yes, break it again. Like, bring him back. Do it again. It's when he died, but I, because I was, I was really like, oh. Like, when Ray died, I was like, this is the worst I've ever seen. Like, I hate this, like, universe, like, whatever. When he, like, died for her, I was like, this is disgusting because people are going to use that as a romantic thing. But, like, good riddance. Like, cheers. Like, popping bottles in the movie theater. Like, goodbye. Like, I don't care. Um, He's just musty and gross. I know he smells bad. Um, And, (laughs) like, I just, like, I know he smells bad. Like, I know that he doesn't, like, wipe after the uses the toilet. Like, I just know he is a loser. 
and I like uh, I hate when men are like Kyle Ren is here shut up shut up like just stop being whiny like bitch boy and like grow up I hate him so much I'm like getting fired up like I'm sweating like I just hate him this has just been a rant about how much I hate him and like Adam Driver you're not funny doing the SNL sketches like sketches about him it's not funny he's a war criminal it's not funny like Adam Driver you're not funny (laughs) why was he nominated for an Emmy he's not funny it makes me mad good riddance they're never gonna do another Star Wars but good riddance they're never gonna do another another Star Wars no they're never gonna do it in like that universe I mean, it's they're like, gonna. I think they're gonna do it in that universe, just not with those characters. Like, there's well, yeah, no way Daisy Ridley is coming or John back, Boyega. or or John Boyega. He's so mad at them. Well, yeah, or Oscar they treated, Isaac. They treated all three of them terribly. Garbage. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about Daisy Ridley, but like, I can't imagine they were like lovely to her either. But like, they treated John Boyega terribly, and like, John Boyega deserves so much better. He is like the face of Star Wars. But um, like Ryan Johnson, I'm looking directly at you. When everyone is like, he saved Star Wars, singing like Ben Solo a thing, whatever. Shut up. Finn was right there. <laughs> Finn is also force sensitive, but that's a different thing. He's a Jedi. But um, yeah, I just, I hate him. I hate Ben Solo. And like, if they ever bring him up ever again, I'm going to like scream. He doesn't <laughs> deserve it. Out of her skin. <laughs> he is not the Darth Vader you think you want him to be. Like you wish he was, but he's not. Aiden Christensen cannot be replaced. <laughs> He's the ultimate, like, sad story. Kylo Ren's not sad. He's just moody. I hate him. I'm so glad you're dead, Kylo Ren. I'm so glad. Good riddance to you. Good. I don't know where your body is, but I hope it dissolves. Doesn't it, like, disappear? I'm good. pretty sure I don't it even, dissolves. I don't, even like want a trace, thing, right? I don't even want to trace of him on this universe. Ew, is he a Jedi? I hate that. Ew. No. He doesn't deserve just that. Say, okay. I'm just saying. I've never I... seen a Star Wars besides these, so I can't even say. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I've never well, seen the Star Wars films, guys. I'm not even qualified. Everyone is going to come funny. for me. Every white man on the internet is now furious. But I've never really seen. funny. I grew up watching the Star Wars. I don't like Star Wars, like, at all. Um, I've seen every single one of them, like, all of the main movies, and um, I don't care about them. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't either. Opinions. I, like, I think I Carrie Fisher is cool. I think Carrie Fisher is cool as a person. Um, I think Leia is hot. Tight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mark Hamill seems nice. Mark Hamill too. Um, He seems nice. Like he seems like a friend. He seems cool. He he does the voice for the Joker, so I'm happy about that. Oh, that's true. Doesn't he also do Atla too? Um. Yeah. He's um Fire Lord Ozai in. um, Wouldn't have known that was his name. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's a big bad. Um, But yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't care about Star Wars. Neither do I. I've seen parts of them. Like, I've seen, like, I could tell you, like, parts of them. But, like, I've never seen them, like, all together. Thrown through. And I don't care. I don't need to. I tried once. It wasn't that good. They go pew-pew in space. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the entire... My what dad, Star like, Trek saw them in... Says. My, like, dad saw them in, like, theaters when they came out. <laughs> oh, my God. I have this... Oh, this quote from my dad that... About so Star Wars? Him, yeah, we took him to see um, the last Star Wars movie. What's it called? The one that just came out? The Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, we took him to see The Rise of Skywalker in theaters. Oh my god, I love... Okay, for everyone who's listening, um, I love Celeste, Chad, Mark. He's the best. Mike! Oh, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so love- confident in that. What did I say, Mark? I was so you confident did, You did Mark. say Mike. You said, I love Mark. <laughs> I love Mark. I'm so confident in that, too. Mike is the best, though. I do really love her dad. I've never met her dad, but I love him by proxy. Try to find his... We're going to try to have him on the pod. Yeah. 
My dad is very eccentric. Um, he. Oh my God, the worked- first time we meet your dad is going to be on this podcast. <laughs> he's just a weird guy. He works on um, like computer systems and he's kind of like a D-list celebrity in his field. Um, and he's like been paid to go to conferences like around the world, like That's in so cool. um, like Germany and London and stuff like that. Um Celeste's dad is a celebrity. Oh, yes, yes. Quote from (laughs) Mike. Yes, I found the quote from Mike where um, this was direct. He posted this directly after we went and saw the Facebook Skywalker to Facebook. Oh, I love dad Facebook. Oh, I love like I love grandpa TikTok. I love dad Facebook. (laughs) Okay, this is a post verbatim. 30 minutes into the movie, I wanted every character to die and to (gasps) stay dead. Had I I known the movie was going to be this bad, I would have never gone to see the first one in 1977. No. Avoid nine, period. (gasps) Mike. Oh, my God. Those are like fighting words. (laughs) He said that in the parking lot as we were going back to the car. He wrote that in the parking lot? He oh, said, said it out too. loud first, and then and then he <sighs> um, later that night posted it on the Facebook. And Mike, <laughs> oh my god, fighting words from my father. Those are like serious. Like I wouldn't have even seen like the originals. Yeah, so he, he like, would have. That's so back funny that time. both of, that both of our dads like went to go see them in the movie theaters when they were kids and like enjoyed them. I hate that <laughs> fact, but like, well, gone like, back in time, not seen and them, not period. seen them. That's mm-hmm. how I feel about. That's like, not gonna lie. That's how I feel about Marvel. I wish I'd like gone back in time and like. Yeah, thank yes. you guys so much for tuning into the very first episode of Canonic Dead, the podcast, the series. Uh, we've got so many more things lined up. So for many ya. more things, and Gosh. so sorry this was so long to begin with. <laughs> it was even longer before, and it was an audio nightmare. Sorry if it's weird that we're filming this on November first, and the last one we obviously referenced the date. This is Oliver Jackson Cohen's birthday when we filmed it last. So sorry to everyone who's following this continuity-wise. If you are interested in seeing us outside of this podcast, you can follow Ali on Twitter at AlmostMatilda. That's me, just AlmostMatilda, just all together. Celeste is at CSI underscore Celeste. She barely uses it, um, but she's there. And if you want to follow the actual podcast twitter it's at dead canonically so it's just backwards uh at dead canonically you can get some funny meme posts that i run and celeste if you're a tumblr person in from 2013 still um like us (laughs) yeah like us because celeste really threw me under the bus earlier and was like i see you on tumblr all the time i was like all right i guess we're getting there like okay um, Celeste runs the Tumblr page for it, and she can give you that one. I don't know what that one is, unfortunately. I believe it's Canonically Dead Podcast, all in oh, one cool. word. Um, yeah, so pretty easy to find us uh, podcast-wise and on Twitter. Um, but so yeah, This will be on SoundCloud. Hopefully Apple Podcasts will approve us. Spotify then can approve us. Um, until then, we're SoundCloud rappers. Um, if this doesn't work out... Um, just kidding but um yes thank you very much for tuning in um this probably won't go up before the election but like the thought of there is to vote um oh my god the next time we're going to talk is after the election next not the next time we're going to talk but the next time, the next time the next we do podcast. the podcast yeah i'm not speaking be... to you until after the election. <laughs>
I was like, okay, we're just not talking until like Wednesday. All right. Yeah, we're not talking until Tuesday night at like 8 p.m. <laughs> no, but the next I, time we're yeah. do is after the better be good news slash better be. <laughs> yeah, make sure you guys vote. Um, if you didn't vote, you're there. not allowed to listen to the podcast. That's the rule. I mean, I haven't voted yet, but I'm going to. So okay, that's different. Like, I mean, if you don't vote at all. Oh yeah, if you, you don't gonna... vote at all, you're not valid. Yeah, you better. If you but if you don't vote, you can't listen to this podcast. It's not allowed. That's what mm-hmm. the rule is. Yeah, you have to vote. That's how you get entry. That's how you get to the Patreon. You have to vote. <laughs> we have a vote Beat only Patreon. <laughs> you have to send us a picture of your ballot filled out, and it has it's to be illegal in some states, but it's cool. Oh, just kidding. Ooh, well, never mind. Don't do that. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We appreciate you getting through this. Um, this one should be up in quick succession to the next one, which is spoiler alert: Final Girls ranking yes. we are going through 40 final girls from horror films and we break uh, it up we learn we break lesson. it yeah we do <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah we, we go through the first 20 and then we'll go through the second 20 uh but that's episode number two so please check that out if you guys are horror fans or if you just like women or if you just like hearing us argue about things because we do not agree about all of them which is no so we don't <laughs> uh thank you um stay spooky be kind to each other um take care of the earth do all the good things but yes any final words um no i think you said it all stay spooky don't be a dick have a good time guys um i know it's november 1st but spooky season's all year round so please make sure that you are honoring your ghosts every single day and all of those canonically dead characters that you love oh yes so stay spooky wear a mask be kind do it all and um tune back in next week for our next episode okay Bye. Bye.